All right, I suppose it's time to get started. Now that we've all recovered from laughing. Rock on, dude. Is, does that mean I can unmute? No, you may never unmute. No one puts Griffy in the corner. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> As I'm sitting in a corner. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I Welcome, like everyone. In the corner. Welcome to the fun and interactive podcast episode like 600 or something at this point. Uh, I believe we're on episode 29, actually. Holy shit. We That's should get like one more than 28. No disrespect to our special guest, who we'll get to in just a second, but we should get a very special guest for the 30th episode. <laughs> we are going to get canceled before the 30th episode. I can't believe we made it this far. I mean, you're going to hit like 100 and it's going to be like next year and you're going to be like, wow. We need to get a very, very special guest. Yeah, I mean... Like, hey, and then you're going to be like, nah, not that guy. <laughs> well, our 50th one would be just a little over a year. We took a couple of weeks off because of travel stuff, but there's 52 weeks in a year, so I figure by the time we hit 50, it's just over a year. We should do something big for that. That's true. That is true. You could go to China. I don't think you're actually allowed to play Legends in China. <laughs> You can, it's you just like can't. Thing. You can't play. Uh, you can't play Skellsword there. Yes. No, I actually think that I don't. I don't think you. Have, the game is accessible. There. Really? I don't. I mean, yeah, it's mostly Europe, and I think in like. Russia. Yeah. Um. So our our guest today is Griffin Gasp. Uh, we were hanging out with Griffin in Boston a couple weeks ago. Uh, why don't you tell everybody a little bit about yourself, bro? Well, hello, everybody. Um, my name is Griffin. Um, I'm a native Californian, now in Texas, and uh, I stream this game every now and then when I can. I'm a full-time student at the moment, and uh, I'm one of the casters at the Tesla Champion Series at the moment. And yeah, I've been playing the game since open beta. A friend of mine, actually, who doesn't play card games at all, got beta keys, and she was just like, hey, Griff. Hey, Griff. And I was like, Oh, and then I didn't. I didn't use it. But then I used it like a week later, and I've been playing the game since. So that's what's I've, up. Yeah, that is me. When did you uh, start streaming the game? I actually I played it on and off, like streamed on and off for like over a couple over a year at mm -hmm. least. But I really started intensively um, when Hurricane Harvey hit down here in Houston, mm -hmm. and I started like my daily attempts with a like a 24-hour charity stream and the community definitely showed up for that that was when i was like wow i really want to get more invested in this and become Sorry. more of a like a member of the community just because of the people that showed up and were very helpful and just showed a lot of love to what we were trying to do here in houston so that was when i started that was around eight months ago and ever since i've been part of the community yeah the legends community is i mean i'll be honest like what keeps me keeps me around you know the game's great. Don't get me wrong. I think Legends is, is the is the best card game on the market. But the uh... now I'm buffering. Sorry. <laughs> the uh, the community of this game has is absolutely wonderful, and I, and I think it's a lot better for for you being as involved as you've been lately. I, I think you brought a lot to the table, and your voice is uh, definitely uh, one that I welcome. Thank you. Thank you very much. So I got to ask: Are you wearing yeah. a suit jacket? Griffin? I, I am, actually. I was like, you know what? I gotta wear at least something. I got the crossbone lapel. Yeah, I was gonna say, like, rainbow. I feel bad because... I, 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 
when, give me five seconds. When I when I stream, yeah, like that's like the only time I'm not wearing a suit jacket. I feel like you're trying to show me up after PAX. Well, yesterday basically, like, um, I was at a conference. I had to wake up at like six in the morning to go to a conference and speak. Oh shit! He brought one back. Oh, Charmy, you look a little sloppy. <laughs> I mean, I I could put on my Discord partner hoodie or my Streamlabs oh. All Star hoodie or. Yeah. This, this is unacceptable. So, like, I was like, yesterday, I was thinking, debating, like, if I wanted to get dressed in something similar to what I had yesterday. Because yeah. yesterday I had the, you saw the pictures I sent you of the, yes. the memes in the tree. That's what I was wearing great. yesterday. I was like full suited out, pink tie. Yeah. That was and, great. <laughs> and, uh, but I was there talking at a conference for uh, a program that I'm a part of. And what program is that? It's actually through my school. It's called National Model United Nations. Um, okay. We, it's like a, international conference that we train for throughout like a whole year and we represent a country and we they fly us out to new york and we represented the republic of peru and oh, cool. we each get our own committees and we have to solve international issues through creative methods that we come up with sweet yeah that sounds great yeah i gotta sit on the security council so that was pretty dope that was that was an interesting eye into like international politics that i hadn't seen before because like there were like a bunch of grad students in law school and yeah. political science and some getting their doctoral degrees and stuff. Some super smart people there. So it's really interesting. Like when awesome. you're when you're on the Security Council, is it strictly like, you know, national security, military relations mock stuff, or do you even talk about things that would be like domestic security or capital punishment? You know, like the use of rope and gallows. No, none, none of that kind of stuff. It's more like directly pointed, um, the topics that they give us. So like an example of the three topics that we had that we had to vote on to address first in this particular order was the one that we dealt with was terrorism and extremism in the Horn of Africa. The second topic was humanitarian exemptions and sanction regimes. And the third one was women, peace and security, dealing particularly with sexual abuse and human trafficking within Africa. Cool. And we dealt with uh, the extremism and terrorism and something unique to the Security Council that they throw at us in the convention is um, we don't have a time freeze. So we they we have to deal with real events as they're unfolding throughout the world, even if they're happening while we're at the conference. And even if they want to as well, they can call us in the middle of the night, like at 2, 3 in the morning for an emergency council meeting. Luckily, that didn't have to happen, but um, they threw a crisis at us and we had to deal with the terrorist bombing that happened in Mali. And which actually happened like a year ago. I think it was a year or two ago. And we had to come together and figure out. It was really cool, very fun, very stressful. But, you know, it's like one of those things. It's a learning experience that's stressful, but it really gives you a better insight into how people work from all around the world. Because we have people from France, China, Japan. So, so I was going to say, like, who's represented there? Like, do they have, do they, knowing they're going to do like the Mali scenario, do they have somebody representative of that country like right out of the gate like hey guys this happened throw me a rope here well basically um they don't have somebody actually from molly but there's a student that it was trained for this just for the security council because they intend for you to solve this issue um without directly telling you so uh, they had a guy come in that was representing molly and we had the ability for like five ten minutes to ask him questions uh, ah. what we believe that he had would recommend that we do in response to the issue and he's was he role plays Molly. He goes, we don't want any intervention at the moment. We want to be able to figure out what's going on with the terrorist attack, where it came from, if it's domestic, if it's international. We don't want anybody coming in. And I was like, hey, maybe we should not. Maybe we should listen to him. 
and let them deal with their own thing. And then when we get more news, we should help them out if they want it. And then everybody in the room was like, you're right. That's a great idea. And then like two hours later, it came to a voting procedure. Somebody was like, hey, we should deal with the crisis in Mali. And everybody's like, you're right. We should do that. And I was like, what? So the whole like next 12 hours was just us dealing with that crisis, just arguing back and forth, trying to write papers and resolutions and allocate funds and stuff and figuring it out. It's a it's a really interesting. Did, did any of you suggest uh, diplomacy by Twitter to resolve this? <laughs> Like, yeah, there's this guy from Italy that actually did recommend that. He's like, maybe we should tweet out a message to them and see uh, if we should just bomb them and see if that helps. And I was like, your Italian accent is the best. No, no, no. He didn't have an Italian accent. He actually had a like this weird pseudo British French accent. I, I like, noticed because there was no spaghetti or meatball or anything in that. No spaghetti in Italian and meatballs. Isn't that <laughs> No, I mean, it's it's really cool, you know, just meeting everybody from all around the world. And, you know, on the last day, they have like a, a designated party that we all get to go to. So I, it's just weird. You know, you're sitting in a room with literally people from 150 different real countries, all just partying. Like, it's really interesting. All right. So that's a lead in. We didn't tell you we were going to do this, but Justin and I have created a mock scenario for you to answer via the mm -hmm. Test Legends Security Council. Okay. We have had an, an incident with a Nixox. Yes. That needs to be addressed. Mm -hmm. Yes. Mm -hmm. And we want to we want to know where you stand on this this crisis. Well, very similar to how I dealt with Molly. Perhaps <laughs> we should wait, and maybe it will solve itself over time. Maybe there will be some internal things that are developed that, you know, combat this threat rather than needing exterior forces to come in and control the situation. I, I hear what you're saying, but the constituents of my country are 100% at the end of the rope with this thing, man. The end of the rope with this thing? Um, well, you know... This is the worst fucking analogy ever. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know... There's one thing we can yeah. leave to the general test legends public is that they're smart and they're cunning. And they can come up and work together to combat this threat. We don't need any of this intervention. We can do it ourselves. We don't need the big boys coming down and telling us, oh, you should squash this bug this way and kill it that way. We can deal with it ourselves. In uh, Chad is Malibu Barbus, who has the greatest name of anybody who watches this show. <laughs> Has uh has called this the Hearthstone approach. Is that a fair assessment? I think so. I, I I don't even know if that's a Hearthstone approach. I think it's like all card games approach, like not banning and nerfing things. Like that's not typically a thing you do. It's not typically, but it doesn't mean it hasn't happened. Like specifically, I th there's a couple of times in like Magic's history, for example, where mm -hmm. they rather quickly address something and it's extra extra rare in magic but like i think mm -hmm. of when the first time mirrodin rolled around and uh skull clamp came out in dark steel i believe it was wasn't that card banned before it was released it, it wasn't before it was released it, but it was very oh, no, shortly it was after 
was it, was it Memory Jar that was banned before it was released? I know I know there has been a combo. There, card. Yeah, there has been that before, but like Skull Clamp came out, and it was yeah. it was very apparent how absurd that thing was going to be in the standard yeah. format, and rightfully so. And I I love one of the best things uh, ever if you have the free time and you like like reading about design process and how sometimes we'll say like mistakes happen when cards are released. Uh, you should be able to find, they, they publicly released an article on how Skullclamp became the version that it is. And they oh, talked about, I, I read that, yeah. yeah, like all the different iterations that had existed during testing and some changes they were making. And then they made like some last minute changes right before it went live. And then yeah. it was bonkers. And it's a very interesting yeah. read. So, uh, that was a good read. I agree. Yeah, you can look up, uh, you know, basically how Skull Clamp came to be in Magic the Gathering. It's a very interesting read. Well, if you have that, go on and link it to me, because I would be down to read that. It sounds interesting. Yeah, I'll see if I can find it to uh, put it in the chat for the live audience. My favorite part of that story is that the, uh, at some point it was changed from plus one, plus one to the plus one, minus one it is now as a nerf to the card. Yes. <laughs> That's like, the nerve? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what? Yeah. Uh, so who sat um, there and was like, this is a nerf to this card? I don't know. A guy who never played elves before. <laughs> um, so Shinara has some stats here. It says, in the warp meta Thursday, out of 26 bands I received, 11 were assassins, and out of the 15 that weren't assassins, three assassins in the lineup, and two of them warrior was banned or assassins. That is interesting. I'm having trouble tracking that many numbers at once. Eleven were assassin out of fifteen number. That well, that means that assassin was prevalent in every list. Yeah. Well, I mean, like if you don't bring a Nixox deck to a deck to a, your tournament lineup, I think you're doing it wrong right now. Correct. I I concur. Um. So, I I mean, like we were talking about this a little bit before the show. I I do have a difference of of opinion here. I do think that something needs to be changed. Um. Whether that's an, I, I, my personal f feeling is that Ulfric's Uprising as a card is going to limit future design space um, and probably should be nerfed in some capacity. Uh, but my concern with the deck, I mean, I, honestly, I have s several um, with the Nixox combo deck. My first concern is that uh, first, charge, uh, charge damage in this game, reach is pretty limited, right? Like, the, the historical vendors are Lightning Bolt, Tazcad, and, and Kano more recently, along with, you know, small charge creatures. Um, we've never had the ability to do anywhere approaching, except outside of Steeler Secrets combo, which is a million times harder to pull off than the Nixox combo. Mm -hmm. the, the ability to do anywhere near this much damage from the hand in a single turn. Um, and I just, I feel like... Tywin says, if Ulfric's Uprising only targeted one lane, would Nixox still trigger? Um, yeah, I feel like I feel like I could still pull it off. Yeah, I had to do yeah, some. Quick, I had to do some quick math, but yeah, the two Nixoxes, a Lanith, and a doppelganger Lanith in one lane and go off. Um, but <laughs> but uh, my it would be a little harder, I guess. But I don't think that Ultra Uprising is the problem, though. You know, I don't so? think it would limit design space. Like, yeah, I I don't think that that's the boogeyman here either. No. I think the boogeyman is literally Nyx Ox and Genius yeah. Path Mage. Those two cards, like those are the two cards that make this over the edge. Genius okay. Path Mage enables the card, the whole deck, to be able to throw out things that it 
like Parthenax, like as soon as you get the combo going. You don't even need the combo to throw out Parthenax and Genius Path Mage. Right. Like, the pro I think that it's Genius Path Mage and Nyx Ox. And I don't think that like if you nerf Nyx Ox, mm -hmm. it allows you to do nutty things from your hand. Like mm -hmm. I don't think that that's a problem at all. If there is one thing that I go, wow, that's bonkers, it's Genius Path Mage. Like really? that is the what sends the deck over the top because it allows you to search for things in your deck. Like it's it's essentially yeah. a tutor. It's like it's that's an, the thing that throws it over the edge, not Nyx Ox. It's but, an on demand like alter that you have some control over right and it's in many cases just as good if you build your deck and execute it properly in many cases it's just as good as leneth but you can run three copies of it yeah i think it can even be better than leneth because it is the six mana and even to the extent where like you can go nixox you can throw two nixoxes down in one turn then path then you, you don't like leneth is something that we were talking about earlier like you don't want it in your hand Genius right. path mage you want in your hand, right? Like you, drawing it is not a bad thing. Like there's no situation where path mage is bad in that deck outside of just not having anything to do for like the first five turns. Yeah, like, that's that's the real I think offender in the list is that in the cheapness of night to remember with the yeah. I mean, but, like, like it's path mage that sends it. For for me, yeah. just going even a step further, you know, kind of weighing in on Ulfric's uprising when Ulfric's uprising was revealed many thought it might be one of if not the worst cards in the forgotten hero collection and that's because right. at the time with no additional i mean you and i earmarked it we said keep an eye out there might be something that was like right. our assessment but at the time yeah. it was strictly a like you already basically for it to be ever better than say even just dragon priest mask you have to have two high quality or high impact summons on the board now right. what happened was is that not only did we get that in the next set, but then we got ones that allowed you to, like, then further enable more. So, like, the biggest issue isn't even so much, like, the summon abilities. It's that uh, Nixox specifically lets it so that, like, once you've played that, then you're playing, like, five or ten extra cards afterwards, right? Like, Ulfric's Uprising... I, you can print other powerful summons later, but if as long as they're not the kind of summons that are going to allow me to play, like, five extra cards, like, even if we're not talking about tutors, even if it's just sort of like from hand, right? If there's right. stuff that's going to let me say, like, hey, you know, I was letting, you know, I'm playing kind of controlish. I was letting you beat on me. I've got seven or eight cards now because you broke some runes, and now I'm going to drop my entire hand on turn seven. Like, that's what Nixax does, and... Right. Even if even if you don't OTK with it, a lot of times that's just good enough by itself to win. You don't think that that's like literally like what you're saying, like the definition of limiting design space. But what I'm saying is, is Ulfric's Uprising isn't the cause of that. Nixox is the cause of that. The the mana generation has always been a problem in the past, even if it was in reduction or manipulation. Think about what we've done to Nakreen because it, you got to choose the target right? Nakreen went to a random draw as opposed to you choose because that single swing was thought to be too powerful and rightfully so now that we know that cards like Alduin were being developed, it makes sense. Well, Nixox... Can you, imagine, can you imagine old Nakreen in the Nixox combo deck? Yeah, I can, right? So like, <laughs> Nixox is, is, is in many ways, Nixox is, reminds me of the old Nakreen because it's like, okay, yeah. you get to turn seven and now I do whatever I want in terms of Magicka. So... Right. Again, I don't think Ulfric's Uprising is necessarily the problem there. And I don't think that in just general use of the card, 
again, I'm not saying that it won't have powerful effects, but I think that it will only with massive magicka generation abilities taking out of the equation, right? Like if we say, okay, that's not a thing. Um, I think Ulfric's Uprising is probably, you know, at best on par with a conscription, right? Now that now that the problematic part of conscription got nerfed, which was Journey, conscription still sees play. It's yeah. certainly a very powerful card, but it's yeah. not the, like, oops, I accidentally won like it used to be. And that's kind of what Nixox is. Like, even if you're not, like, 100% good at piloting the deck, you can just, oops, I accidentally won because I played everything and my opponent didn't have an answer, you know? Yeah, that's fair argument. I don't, I don't know. Like, when you accidentally throw things down, like it's pretty easy to screw it up. I mean, it is. Look, I've been there. Yeah. The the first night I was piling that deck on stream, I don't think I played it right once, and I yeah. still yeah, only lost same. like two like games. It's a, it's, a, it's a very hard deck to use. Yeah. So I would I wouldn't go very hard. Like I look, we all know I, I am not the greatest player in this game. I'm I'm like a hyper casual player, but like I feel like I've gotten to the point where I just don't lose with the deck, to be honest. <laughs> well, I mean, what what rank are you playing it at? Uh I'm rank one right now, so I'm playing against legend decks. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. But I, I, I also agree, I, like I think Genius Path Mages to it on ladder as well. Like yeah. we said we talked about this before the podcast, but right, right, people right. that are here that didn't it uh, I haven't lost to it on ladder. Like most of the people that are piloting it are bad at using it. I mean, you just steamroll them. Right. Yeah, I've uh, beaten it plenty of times on ladder playing other decks. I don't. I don't think it's unbeatable. I just think that yeah. you know we always here's here's my other like measuring stick for it. Right. Usually when we have conversations pop up in the community, you know whether it was old Unstoppable Rage or old Ramp Scout or whatever the case may be, the the prevailing like counter argument that high legend players pitch is they'll say like if you think it's that broken just pilot it to high legend right like that's usually the the message yeah. and unlike in those instances i can say that in the past two weeks i've seen a lot of very high legend players still playing the deck and even so much as like like i was watching warrior stream the other night and he played it for a couple of games and he steamrolled through all of them and then he's like i'm gonna play something else and when i want to climb i'll just go back to that like that says a lot to me when the high legend players have that kind of attitude and that kind of representation. Because that has not been the case in the past when we've had what I'll call like a boogeyman deck pop up. Hmm. That is interesting. So um, you're, you're saying that you haven't lost to it. What uh, what have you been running that counters it? Agro Crusader. Um, that was the deck that Emmy Kayla brought and it did well in her tournament and it's been doing really well against ladder like the decks that i'll lose to are other tempo decks or aggro decks or things that like are like oh i got triple drain vitality but even then sometimes it's fine so i haven't had any problems but that might just be because they like you said earlier that the people that are good at piloting it refuse to pilot it that's totally possible but for the fact that like i don't know at the tournament level it's highly represented, but doesn't, like, aside from the first time it was used, it hasn't been steamrolling people at the competitive level. Like, it has not been winning. It will win one game. It has, like, a 50%, maybe slightly more percent win rate at the competitive level. Well, didn't Shunara just say that over half the time it's banned? Well, yeah, but I, <laughs> when it is not, when it is not banned, it has, like, a 50% win rate. Sure. I mean, 
that I mean that's one of those things that's a very interesting stat, but it's hard to say because like let's be honest, the only way you don't ban that is if you feel like you have brought a game plan for it. So it may or may not yeah, be skewed. Sure. You know what I mean? Yeah, like well, I'll use the Tesla Champion series as an example. There's no bans in that format at all. Like you, you bring your decks, and it had like a, from what we saw, like a fifty percent, slightly more than fifty percent win rate. But like, didn't everyone bring it? <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. So but shouldn't like it, shouldn't it have around a fifty percent win rate? That's if it's running up against itself, yeah. But there are people who just brought decks to counter it, and they did. But on average, it's going to run up against itself just as many times as it doesn't, right? Yeah, I'd be curious about the specific no, matchups there. It runs up against itself if it were to win all the games. And if it has a slightly higher than 50% win rate, like something like approaching 60 or 66%, wouldn't that suggest that it's broken? I don't think it's broken. No. 60% win rate, I don't think is broken. No. But if, if everybody's bringing the same deck, and that deck has a 60% win rate... Which means that it, it might have a 100% win rate, except in Mirrors, where it has a 50% win rate. Doesn't that... I don't know. That, that's I, the math is hard. Yeah, I think that if in that scenario, yes. But I don't think those numbers are, like, close enough. We need somebody that's like a mathematician to do that. We need somebody who's good at piloting Nixox, because I hear you have to be good at math. That's... <laughs> when you can have math ox i win games where i didn't do the math beforehand and i just yellow it <laughs> hmm. yeah I, I don't know look i mean like i don't i have been i have finished top 10 legend i don't anymore because i don't play that much anymore um and i also just don't follow competitive decks that you know that much hmm. but i've never in the history of you know the two years i've been playing this game played anything that approaches the power level of this deck it's just... I, I, I just don't see what's wrong with having a powerful deck. Like, like that's I think my main thing is like it's like it's powerful. I'm not gonna deny that at all. I think yeah. it's really good, but I don't think that that even closely warrants banning it or like nerfing it. Like we're not banning it in terms of saying I would ban it, but like I don't think it's nerfing it. Like there's so always you, gonna be a best deck. You're of the opinion that having a, a clear a deck that most people feel is or, or a lot of people, a significant number of people, and I think the math probably follows this up is uh significantly higher power level than every other deck people are playing that that's a healthy meta i'm okay with that yeah like i'm okay with there being a deck that has like a 60 percent win rate and having other decks that have like slightly more than 50. now historically that's just not been the case like legends has been a much more balanced game than that and you, you i want i was wondering like if you wanted to go into a little bit more about what you were saying before the show about how you feel about that oh yeah yeah yeah. so like to me there's always going to be the ability to look at the meta and go okay well i have these cards that do well against it like we've seen that already like withered hand cultist is your best friend and you guys are saying well you still beat win games where you don't have that where they have like even two but yeah. like there's there's withered hand cultist there's hollow death priest there's garnag there's things that do shut the combo down coincidentally they're like predominantly in red decks and purple decks right which is already a solid deck warrior mid-range and warrior aggro which we've seen to be potentially like the biggest counter for it mm -hmm. um but i'm okay with like having decks that like having to, to change your whole turn of tournament lineup and your whole ladder lineup to go all right 
I think that this is the best deck. I need to make something that's really good to counter that. Like in the sense that we brought up the magic analogy earlier, I'll say the JTMS method. That's what I started the game in. Like when yeah. I played magic, like, that's what I got right. into. Cobblade. Yeah, Cobblade was disgusting. And didn't they? But and didn't they, they ban multiple pieces from that deck? Three because... months before it was going to rotate out. Just because... because they were having, like, I think a pro tour coming up and they wanted to just not have another show up of the magnitude that it did. Right. They wanted something else. But it was going to rotate out anyway, literally right after that tournament. So it didn't really do anything. So, like, it still lived almost its whole two lives, two years of time span. But Jund Midrange, one of also the most disgusting midrange decks to ever exist in Magic, right. came to fruition because of that. That deck, like, nobody really played, like, some people played it, but, like, it wasn't like, oh, Jund is just disgusting until JTMS came down. And everybody, like, you had a bunch of Pro Tour players and Grand Prix players go, we need to figure out how to beat this deck. We need to like pull our resources together, our minds together, to build the best mid-range deck possible to beat this, and they did, which is I think is what's going to have to happen. Like when you have the the big baddie in the room, mm. like that's Nick Ox, you have to get the best deck builders together, even the guys that made Nick Ox, and go, mm. how the hell are we going to beat this? Like now that we've made this, how are we going to beat it? Like knowing it's like knowing your enemy is half the battle, if not more, to when it comes to beating them. So now you go, okay, what do they do good? How do I counter that? If there, And I think it's also due to the fact that we, relatively to Magic, even have like a limited card pool. Like, if, if we have more cards coming out, I'm sure that, you know, there'll be more things that do well against it. But I, I'm like, I'm all for like the survival of the fittest as far as deck building is concerned. If something's the big baddie that's the best, so be it. Let me, let me throw out a wacky question. I know we were kind of talking about what the Boogeyman is, and, uh, you know, I said earlier, I think Nixox is probably the worst defender because of the Magicka generation, and there's so much that you can do with it, but uh, how do you guys feel about Mentor's Ring? Because Mentor's Ring is a piece that is, you know, problematic in this deck, and it enables yet another OTK yeah. deck. You know, charges... I, I've said it since day one. I think charge is the most powerful keyword in the game. Uh, I'm a big advocate for charge decks, much, much to Justin's dismay. Um, but the ability to give other things charge exists in very few cases. Uh, and Mentor's Ring doesn't just give like a thing charge. It gives everything charge, right? So is it possible like that Nick's axe doesn't end up getting the nerf and maybe it's mentors ring just to give people a, at least a chance to respond. It's an interesting question, right? Like it would delay your death by a full turn, right? Yeah. Um, I'd be curious to see, like there, I will say like, so you usually combo off between like six and nine, 10, maybe at the latest, or you're just dead. Right. Um, that extra turn seems like it might matter to me. Uh, I usually like sometimes you try to desperation go off with uh, with a thieves guild recruit and a um, oh, I don't know a, uh, a camel on the board. You may just try to go off a turn before you have the necessary pieces to go off because you you cycle through your deck pretty quickly with that deck. I would be interested to see like how often I would lose the next turn and how often that would and you and you make that move when you're going to lose next turn. So I'm, I'm curious to see, I, I'd be interested to see 
how many games would be the outcome would be changed by going off one turn later, like killing your opponent one turn. Right, later. or that's, or, that's or even just giving them the chance to like Dawn's Wrath a lane, or if it's a little bit later, play the Red Year, or you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I and and specifically, you know, you were mentioning that you felt like Ulfric's Uprising may limit future design space, but for me, I think Mentor's yeah. Ring is a card that has that potential. Right. Just, that is true. It's, just it's because so, again, charge is so powerful. Right. It's the only I don't way. Think it's Mentor's Ring at all. It's the only way to consistently give charge to other things hey, that might be but like yeah I don't, I don't feel like mentor's ring is really like the problem they just modify the whole way the deck is built like they wouldn't focus on the, the otk at all they would just focus on giving just playing higher end cards well i think like philosophically the problem a lot of people have with the combo is the fact that you can just lose from an empty board and there's no counterplay to that right like you stack your crit lanes full of guard creatures that's cool i put you know 64 damage on the board or whatever I felt like pulling out of my deck um, by making it so you have to wait that turn because you can't give the team charge I think it might be less like offensive to the, the, the type of game people expect Legends to be well, like when you say the type of game they expect it to be right? Like, like that to me is like the game should be able to change like I don't want it to be the same thing that's my opinion obviously but i don't want it to be the same thing for forever the game should be able to change and ebb and flow to whatever sets and stuff are coming out like that's the glory of a card game one of the great things is that it changes over time like just because you get used to something and then new cards come out and it changes that's how card games are sorry if i zoned out for a minute i just realized mark hamill liked one of my tweets and i was I was geeking out inside. I was having a little bit of a fanboy moment. Is it the... What did, wait, what was it? Uh, I mean, it was just me pandering to him, but I still got a oh. response, and that doesn't matter, so... Yeah. The game, I yeah, like, I, look, I'm not going to sit here and say, like, Nerf Mentors Ring tomorrow, right? I just want... I like posing those hypothetical, like, think-through-it questions, and as you talk about cards that could potentially limit design space, I could see, you know, if not now... I could see Mentor's Ring becoming a problem in the future, depending on the kinds of cards developed, because, uh, you know, again, charge is one of, if not the most powerful keywords in the game, and it enables some insanity, and Mentor's Ring is, as of right now, like, one of the only consistent ways that we can deliver it, so. I, uh, to touch on something said in chat, um... Kazoo Croc writes, there has to be a board for the ring to impact. Nyx Ox allows the board to go from empty to full. Ring is the problem. Can't agree with that. No, I don't think any of us are saying that ring is the problematic card in this combo. I think we were just sort of uh, getting back to, to an idea that I had mentioned earlier, which is about cards that limit future design space. And ring's ability to give things charge consistently uh, is just something we were talking about. I, I do think, I mean, look, at the end of the day, like this deck wouldn't exist without Nixox, the printed way it is. Yeah, um, no, Nixox is certainly, at least in my opinion, I think it is the offender in yeah. in the combo. And it's even, even if you are talking about not the combo, it's just a really strong card. Like, yeah, right. it's gonna, like, it's gonna That's see play in some making. form, uh, just based on the way that it was, because it provides some really high tempo plays. I was just saying, Right. You know, Mentor's Ring enables multiple OTK decks, and if that's something that, you know, ultimately yeah. we're not fans of, you know, either as a community or if the developers say, you know, we like some level of interactivity. And I only mention that because as somebody who plays 
Uh, a lot of decks focused on charge and sees my cards nerfed over and over again, and they usually cite making uh, the game more interactive. A AKA, I they said that when they nerfed Shieldbreaker, they said that when they nerfed my uh, Outpost. Uh, I can pull up developer articles. I feel personally targeted, but if they're going to keep saying that, then I feel like at some point in the game's future, it would not shock me if Mentor's Ring uh, catches a small adjustment. Yeah, it's an interesting idea. I think, you know, just asking that sort of question is important when we're trying to, you know, examine these sorts of issues. Uh, Griffin, I wanted to go back to something else you said. Um, you mentioned that um, you're very survival of the fittest when it comes to your approach to these sorts of things. I'm wondering, like, mm -hmm. just as a general rule, are you against balance changes to cards after they've been released? For the most part, yeah. Um, it's very infrequent that I go, wow. I'm really happy that balance change was made. The only time I ever was just like, I really want something to be nerfed, but I, yeah. even then, like my heart of hearts, I don't want it to be nerfed. I yeah. just didn't want to play against it. Right. Was unstoppable rage, and the the thing that I suggested changing to it, yeah, doesn't nerf the card really. It just makes it more accurate to what the cards, like I think thematically was. I thought that breakthrough should hit your own creatures. That's what I suggested, but that—that's not how the ability works. Yeah. Because like it, it triggers drain, it can break wards. I mean, I mean, it does everything except deal damage to your own card, and it's a—you're supposed to be in a rage when things are in rageful stances, like they can hurt themselves. Okay. I think thematically that makes more sense, and it makes you have to think about what you're doing on I your board before you send what your giant into a literal unstoppable rage. I hear what you're saying, but your guy can't take damage during said rage because he's unstoppable but your other things can oh god well and, and they do your other things do but no, no, no. the guy that is using the rage shouldn't be able to but he can hurt your own creatures thus doing breakthrough damage to yourself unstoppable rage just meant unmovable immovable dad joke <clears throat> i feel oh, no. personally targeted again <laughs> that's because you should be yeah, I, that was I've been targeted that all was, night. Even before we went live, aimed at you, buddy. even before we went live, Justin was. was busting yeah. my balls because I have a tendency to make a large number of jokes. Yeah, and yes. I just—I don't know, guys. I can—I can take my ball and go home, or balls, <laughs> if necessary. I am sad. What's on your mind, Charmer? Hold on, we need to get off this topic Damn, for a second. Hold on, hold on. What 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 is on your mind? Tell us. Yeah, come on, brother. I'm, we're here for you. Well, yeah. um, it's it's been weighing on me for a while. I've been yeah. carrying it with me. Uh, some would say for my entire life, but currently on my mind is my scalp, and I just I quit. <laughs> Oh, yep. <laughs> Feels good to be a legend's dad. It does. And on your head, on your mind. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Carrying around with me my entire life. Well played, sir. Well played. <laughs> that was a good thing. I mean, sarcasm though is a, it's an indicator of high levels of intelligence, though. And being able to think very quickly on your feet. So maybe what if Charmer is the smartest man alive? 
There's then, no chance. Then, 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 <laughs> then that would explain the dire state of the world. <laughs> it's like like one of the things like not I'm, this is no way trying to be braggadocious, but like at school, like because like it's like a thing. Whenever you do like anything, they'll be like, "Oh my god, you're so smart." I'd be like, "If I'm considered smart, that's that's a real sad state for the rest of humanity." Dude, let me, let me tell you about the practical application of genius for a second. <laughs> like, I've been homeless, <laughs> and I went to prison, and I'm I'm actually a genius, and I never once has gotten me anywhere. <laughs> yeah, it's like, I don't know, man. It's like, it's sad. I, I'm, there's like this one thing, like, I remember my buddy explaining it to me, and it just boom, blew my mind. And he's like, there's, there's two main things that define the difference between you and me, Griff. This is from the point of view of my friend. He goes, it's the way we view stupidity. Yeah. And he goes, see me? Nah. I'll let people do what they're going to do. You, however, see it like a disease that must be cured. And that's like permeates like 90% of what I do. I remember like, I, it used to like matter to me like how smart people were. Like, I'd be concerned. And then I realized that, like, I was miserable and I was smart. And I knew people who knew nothing and were totally satisfied with their lives. And I suffered a lot and I changed my opinion. <laughs> I am, like, I'm always of the mindset that whenever I do things, I have to be the best at them, at least academically concerned. Like, not to be smart, but to just be, like, I have to be, like, it's just, I don't know. It's, like, I feel, like, ungratified if I'm not doing the best. I don't know. It's weird. Yeah. Well, hmm. you're young and idealistic. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose. Charmer and I are on the old age and treachery part of the, life. The old and <laughs> yeah. How old are you guys? Old. Old? <laughs> no, not that old. Yeah, I would say maybe like early 30s. So, so that's pretty close. <laughs> <laughs> you're just like 87 <laughs> yeah. you should, that's what you should do is you, should, you guys should just be like oh yeah we're like 86 and then you'd be like we're the youngest looking 86 year olds in existence we took good care of ourselves exactly but, it's all that it's just lots of aloe vera and in baby powder absolutely but, let's just say our board state used ulfric's uprising a long time ago <laughs> let's just say that we're getting to the point where i can see the gray hair in my beard on my camera <laughs> Well, it's weird because, like, like, I have gray hair in my beard, though. So, like, nice. It's a good look. It's a good look. It's weird because, like, well, I'll have, like, red hair, blonde, brown, and gray. Like, yeah. Well, I don't, know, I don't know. You, you should blow a less diverse group of people. <laughs> like, Holy shit. <laughs> wow. By the way, before the show, did I not call? Did I not... <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm baiting you, Justin. Anymore, man. Jeez, you could have just said it off camera. I'm baiting. Listen, Charmer makes the most these kinds of jokes. Listen, listen. I fucking, I fucking nailed it. I make a ton of stuff. I'm keeping a counter. I've said the word. I've said the word rope five times already. Six now that I've said that. So I know. That's fair. Ah. <laughs> um. Fun yeah. fact about me, I'm usually always making a joke even when most people aren't even aware that I'm doing it, and it's the only way that I get through the day. I, I have a lot of mental games that I play that I'm, like, the only one in on, and I just have a lot of fun with it. There's a certain amount of, like, morbid, dark humor at my job just to, like, keep us sane given what we do. But, uh, actually, when I'm not working, I'm actually much, like, more earnest. <laughs> hmm. This should be the other way around. 
It should be. But like my, you know, my personal life is really satisfying. It's straightforward and simple. Sandra and I have a great relationship and I have everything I, I mean, I don't have a lot of money. I don't make a lot of money at all, actually, but I have everything I want and I'm really satisfied, but my job is really hard. So I kind of got a lot of steam on there. Hmm. Yeah. I can tell you that, uh, you know, when I worked and I did like lean and dispatch and 911 for the local police department, it's a hundred percent the same way. Like when you're on the job, you're, you're guarded for, a number yeah. of reasons but in order to survive you a hundred percent develop like a completely right. morbid like gallow sense of humor because if you can't find yourself yeah. laughing at the absurd like you will go insane like it does just happen right. so yeah um, i mean it's yeah we were doing the same thing basically you know i was i spent eight hours a day listening to people describe the train wreck of their lives yeah <laughs> yeah a hundred percent right like you can only you know, you can only take a phone call of like somebody yeah. sobbing because of the, you know, they just went through the most horrific experience of their life or whatever, and right. then not like do something to cope with it. Yeah. You were listening to people make phone calls about my clients. <laughs> or sometimes it was your clients or people who should have been your clients. And then they got yeah. to the phones that they weren't allowed to get to and called uh, to say that they were kidnapped. Isn't that the truth? Yeah, no, it is true. <laughs> <laughs> really serious, really fast. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, I. Dude, that's how this show rolls. Yeah, I'm just sitting here like. I'm just I, sitting here like. Let me let me tell you. This is here's a quick one. Uh, I had this conversation with uh, a coworker of mine two weeks ago, where I yeah. that we were talking about. One of them was saying like, "Yeah, I used to do like tech support or whatever, and I took some really weird phone calls." And I happened yep. to half jokingly because I, I'm always making jokes, but also 100% seriously say, I have heard somebody beat their child at my last three jobs over the phone. And they like half chuckled. And I was like, no, that's 100% true. Like three jobs ago was 911. Uh, and I heard a lot of kids get beat then. But the one that really stands out was like this one kid was out playing on the roof and they fell and broke their arm. And yeah. so their, their friend came in, called 911 to say, hey, like somebody fell off the roof, send an ambulance, because at least the kid was like, uh, you know, had the wherewithal to do that. I mean, this kid probably sounded like 10 years old. And the, uh, you know, you, we go through that. Is there an adult nearby? Well, yeah, his dad, but he's sleeping. Can you wake him up? We need to talk to him. And so as I'm explaining it to him, he then starts yelling, like, you know, you're not supposed to be up there. And I like, I can hear him beating the kid with the broken arm. So like, that was, that was like three jobs ago. And then two jobs ago, uh, I also did a lot of phone support because I worked at a local ISP and one of the kids uh, jacked up somebody's uh, internet service and they had a really important conference call coming. Uh, the kid should not have done that. And then the job after that, uh, I worked for a nonprofit in education that delivered online courses. And some kid called because they were swearing up and down that uh, they had been doing their work and that there was a problem with our course. And so the parent called to chew everybody out. And we calmly explained to them that everything is working as intended and that uh, it was slowly dawning on the parent that their kid had been lying to them for six months when they should have been doing schoolwork and had not been. And that did not go well for them. So uh yeah I, I you know you know well speaking of uh beating kids i, I was in casual today and oh i was i was playing a uh i, I wanted to get me transforming jube uh on camera right so i was like well i better hop into casual and i just equipped i built a crusader deck full of uh full of ways to transform jube right so this is the 
you know, the gavel of the ordinator. This is tons of rally creatures. I, am crossbow. I cross, yeah, crossbows. And actually, that's how I ended up transforming. Um, and I played 10 games or so where Jube either never showed up. So I, I after two or three games, I, I put Brass Archibus in the deck as a tutor. Oh, God. <laughs> what kind of demonic machination have you why, come up Why with? wouldn't you just play Alter with no one drops? Uh, because I didn't think about it. (laughs) (laughs) I feel, yeah, I I almost like shed a tear right now. Yeah. Well, look, man, but here's the thing. I have a premium geob, right? And I needed to see the premium flip side of him, right? I don't even know what the flip side looks like. Well, neither did I. well, actually, I did because we previewed the card on the podcast, <laughs> but <laughs> uh, I, I really needed to see what the premium reverse side of, of Jube uh, looked like. Spoiler alert, he's an eradicator of the winged menace. He is, he is. Look, ultimately, I, I got I got it on camera, and, and you know, the... <laughs> I'll release the video. the video just be like six hours long? Well, dude, here's the thing. Like, after like four or five games, I just started conceding if I didn't have him in my opening hand. <laughs> But uh, I had some pretty great matchups, and let me tell you, like it turns out, by, there's a point to this. Uh, I I think that there is like a solid, um, like sort of mid-rangey, grindy kind of uh, Crusader deck, and I say that because I've never played until today with Scar, um, the guy who who when he rallies something puts a copy of it into your hand. Yeah, the, yeah, like, the Scar Drillmaster. Right, Scar Drillmaster. Because I thought to myself, well, what's better than one Jube, you know, uh, two? And plus, that would double my chances of it surviving long enough to, you know, slay something. And I was, I, I have to admit, I was super impressed with how that card handles. Now, I know it's kind of like um, all those kind of, like, expensive mid-range cards that, you know, obvi- if you can untap with it, you know, it's amazing. But you never will, you know? Mm-hmm. But I, I, I've been inspired to actually try to play that card more. Really? Yeah, I mean, I it, don't get me wrong. It is... Not good, not good. Cost six Magicka, and I, I kept finding myself like, oh, do I play Brass Archivist or, or do I play Scar Drill Master? <laughs> or do you play Alter? Yeah, I mean, I could have played Alter. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> like I said, I didn't think about it. But Brass I, I, Archivist, Alter, Brass Archivist, and Alter would have been an even better combo. Yeah, I could do both. You yeah, could yeah. use your Alter on a Brass Archivist. That's the real way to do things. But you know the problem with that is like you alter it out like on turn six. That's cool. Jube has a target on it like no other creature I've ever played in my life. Not to mention the fact that as a one-one, it's just gonna die to everything. Yeah, but you that's know? why the alter is good because you can set it up so that you can have the crossbow in your hand, right? And then you alter and play the crossbow when he comes in right away. Yeah. All right. I have to admit, I put no thought into this. One. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I was like, all right, dude, I need to get this on camera. I've been, you know, looking for something Mimi to do because, you know, I, I, I respect that. Every, like there are a lot of different opinions about Nick Sox. Once I learned how to play the Nick Sox deck, I didn't really want to, it, it discouraged me a little bit. I have to admit, because I felt like I had never wielded such great power before <laughs> and uh, I needed to take a break. So I recorded some arena videos and stuff. And I was like, what have I not gotten on camera? Well, Encano, Red Year, and Transforming Tube. And so that is what I've spent my last two days doing the game. <laughs> my dog is, like, stretching the green screen. She's, like, slowly, like, laying into the background. And I'm like, yeah. what are you doing, dog? What's the dog's name? Julie. 
Uh, I, dude, I thought you were gonna say Jube for a second. I, was like, I did too. I 100%. Like a coincidence ever. <laughs> oh man. This is the pupper. I can hear the growling. Mm -hmm. It's a good pupper. Aww. That's a pretty dog. I wonder if my pug's still outside my door or not. I don't know where, I don't know where the fuck my cat is. My, my cat has an agenda. Sandra says she's sleeping. Well, yeah, it's a cat, so... It's either screaming on your desk or it's sleeping. Yeah, ain't that the truth, man. <laughs> Dude, now, now that I have the, the freestanding microphone, which for some reason I can't figure out how to work with Discord, uh, I... It picks up every meow anywhere in the house. <laughs> yeah, the, these mics are super sensitive and they take a lot of adjusting like mine's still not correct but at this point i'm not gonna mess with it till i get to the new house you know sandra and i are saying the same thing like we plan on moving sometime in the next couple months and uh you know we've we've gotten a lot of our you know well i, I know i'm bored with everyone, my living situation right now but we've been in transit and uh we plan on getting a new place soon and so we're kind of waiting to set up all the lighting and everything like that then hmm. I, that's one of the things that's really kind of interesting to me right now Due to my situation, I can't. I, it feels weird to me. Like I can't even imagine owning my own house anytime soon. Oh, it's all I all I want right now. Like it's, it just seems like it'd be so expensive. Well, like you need to yeah. get ready. Um, I got some bad news. Oh fuck! The next mini expansion that introduces the last five houses uh, is going to be more pay to win than previously. And you actually have to have a house to play one of the houses. So <laughs> you need to start saving now. Oh my God, I don't need... <laughs> ah. oh, dude, I, I was like, I, I immediately went to Twitter five words into your sentence. I was like, what the fuck did I miss? <laughs> I was like, I was like, there's a new that is this what's happening right now? Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I can put it up on screen real quick. Well, I mean, there look, I signed, I signed an NDA. I expect to know about these things, and so... <laughs> yeah, but even even you and I both know that we don't get disseminated that evenly. Uh, I mean, that's true. Oh, shit! You put the spoilers on the on the screen. Get it off, dude. Oh. Get, get, uh, get here's, here's, here's how you know Bethesda watches us like a hawk over that NDA. I legit put the technical difficulty screen up making that joke, and we got hosted by CVH. He was like, I am, I am watching you. <laughs> Dude, that makes sense. That makes sense. That's what's up. Yeah. You're the Fox rights. Luckily, there's house Renterin. 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 Oh. <laughs> Dude, that is legit awesome. That was, that was a good one. I would like to point out that if I, if I had made that exact same joke, I would have been lambasted for dattery. <laughs> Sir, you can't tell what didn't happen because that would be the future or hypotheticals. Like, nah, bro, he's right. I would. <laughs> yeah. No, I would have sat there like. I would have threatened to quit again. <laughs> I feel like just like every time Charmer makes a dad joke, I feel like Jim from The Office. Yeah, I mean, it just oh comes down God. to the fact. And I'm just sitting there like. It just comes yeah. down to the fact that I'm not a fox like Uro is, you know. It's pretty good. It's pretty good, bro. Yeah, Can you blame him after your Easter egg heart attacks you gave him. That's that's what we do here, man. Yeah. We keep it. We keep it. I, we can't. I can't say we keep it. We keep it about sixty percent. Yeah. <laughs> Just enough. We know exactly where the line is. 
you know? No, we do. Yeah, it's been made explicit. Yeah, we do. We know exactly where it is. We got about 10 pages of legalese explaining it to us. (laughs) (laughs) I like how there's probably, I'm just imagining there just being like this process, like, all right, guys, we want you to do the podcast. Sweet. But (laughs) we need you to not do a couple things. Oh, the podcast of the Bethesda show is exactly like that. Yeah. (laughs) We need you to not do a couple things, guys. And you're like, oh, that's fine. And they just slam like a book on the table and they're like, let me, can't do yeah. these. It's like everything I talk about in this fucking show. Let me tell you. Let me tell you a funny story. Um, it's about the NDA, but it's not covered by the NDA, so this is this is fine. Oh, sure. um, we we knew that we were going to be given one, and I said to Justin ahead of time. I said, "All right, Justin, just hear me out. This is this is my this is this is dad mode, right? Is the beginning of yeah. This this is the dad mode, you know, because I make a lot of dad jokes, but I'm also like I'm a teacher, and I feel like it's my like moral obligation to have actual teachable moments every now and then. So I say, all right, Justin, hear me out. I know you're gonna be really excited when you get this, but please make sure you read it first. Like you you need to make sure that it's not like, hey, you can't talk about like you know, video games ever. Hey, you can't call your grandma. I was like, just read it. And he's like, yeah, yeah, that's a really good point, bro. <laughs> we we get emailed it, right? I, I see the notification, like, come up on my phone, but I'm at work. The, so I'm like, okay, it's there. Now, two minutes go by and Justin sends me a message like, dude, can you sign this already? I want him to spoil me. <laughs> that, is, that is exactly what happened, dude. That is 100% what happened. <laughs> Yeah, that was pretty sweet. No, like from my like, well, I, I never mind. I don't know if I can talk about it. I can no, can I? No, I can't. Never mind. What the fuck? Yeah, he can't because his is covered by the NDA. So like, no, 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 no. no, 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 no. Yeah, yeah. It's, type it in uh, our Discord chat. It's we'll just with the Champion Series contract. Oh, I signed one of those too. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> did you? Did you say Marvel? Like, did you uh, read it? I did not read it. Of course he didn't. There's like a whole section in it about Marvel Studios and like Thor Ragnarok. And I was like, no, dude, it's, it's got to be some holdover from another promotion they've done. I didn't fucking read that. But that's also it's really funny. It's not even the third sentence. It's probably, or it's a test, right? It's got to be a test. It has to be. Like, it's like, it's like section one, blah, 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 two, blah, 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 three. Yeah. This, it's on the first page. <laughs> no, well, I, I have no idea what it says. That's uh. just, that's so funny. So one last thing I wanted to throw out um, before we go to the the interactive portion of the, the podcast, open up to questions. Um, Dude, this we, episode went by fast. It did, Wait, right? Has it it's, already been an hour? Yeah, it's been over an hour, actually. What Fuck. the hell? Because, well, to be totally honest, we never have guests who disagree with us. So having different opinions, like, led to an organic discussion that wasn't just us, like, prompting something. Oh, there's a couple other <laughs> well, things. I also, you guys were going to bring up, like, political stuff. Also, like, just like when... Uh... I disagree with you guys on that stuff. No, well, no, we're not doing that tonight. Yeah. When, <laughs> when Frank was on, we had a similar issue because that was, like, the Marvel DCU like oh, yeah. podcast and this okay. one has been the un model government podcast Griffin, but did you, see, did you see the episode where we had frank lapore on <laughs> i did not no i did not yeah you know who frank is right yeah i know who frank lapore is yeah okay so we spent an hour and a half talking to him about justice league <laughs> you mean like one of the worst movies of all time yeah i don't think it had come out yet really oh man that movie was so bad yeah, yeah i agree i agree. like i i'd never wanted to walk out i was really excited for it and i watched it and it was like, I felt yeah. like walking out. I was like, this is like one of the worst things I've ever seen. The only thing that I liked in it was the Flash. 
and like the I, side I, totally, eye. I totally agree. I totally. I thought Flash. I thought Cyborg. I thought that, that was it. That was about it. That was about it. Like it was like the side eye scene when like Flash is like yeah, and then yeah. Superman's like yeah, and then he's like ah. Yeah, as the punch him, I was like, "That's so dope." And I, I even liked Man of Steel, and I thought Batman. I love Batman. Man of Steel. I, I yeah, love it. I thought that was great. I thought Batman vs Superman was fine. No, yeah, Batman vs Superman was hot garbage. No, I well, think it was horrible. I enjoyed I, it. I, yeah, I enjoyed it too, man. I, I don't, I can't say I didn't. But yeah, man, Justice League was fucking garbage. <laughs> it was so bad. I was the CGI mustache. Listen, uh, listen. You you want this to go on for another hour? You get me talking about Batman versus Superman, but the, the only worst now. The only, I wish it would have been better. My expectations were much higher. My yeah, expectations were low, and bad. it and it failed. No, for me, it was like my expectations were really high, and yeah. they weren't met. And it, yeah. I thought it was an okay movie. Like I think on the scale of like zero to ten, I think it's like a four or a five. But I enjoyed it. Like I enjoyed seeing. That See, I yeah, I thought it was, it was well acted. Way too much. I thought like, it was well acted. Like I enjoyed yeah. it. Yeah. Like Batman in that movie was awesome. Like Batman. No, Batman so, in that movie was shit. Are you kidding me? I thought me? it was great. I thought, I thought it was, it was great. amazing. He's supposed yeah. to be the, like the guy with the moral code who doesn't kill, and he's out there branding criminals and like that basically torturing people. Why, okay, I've always had a problem with Batman not killing people because it doesn't make any sense mm. why he wouldn't like. Well, it, he's like, I, I have to agree with you here. Like, yeah, like, yeah, but but here's the thing. If that's like the well, first of all, he has killed people historically in comics, which is another problem yeah. that I have with him. I have problems with Batman just period. But let me just also say that Batfleck did not do it for me. I also had a really no big problem. Way. I had a really no. big problem with the Lex Luthor in that film because no here's the thing like the riddler to me and it was here's my problem like from the moment we meet him he's like i want to kill superman why there is there's no motivation ever given or ever explained for why he's got this like deep-seated i'm gonna like perform experiments on an alien autopsy no i need my villains to have an actual motivation don't right? think about him as Lex Luthor. Just think about him as another Mark Zuckerberg movie, and you'll be fine. Because I, here's the thing: <laughs> I, the I don't, network. I don't. Yeah. It doesn't even matter that this he's Lex Luthor. It matters that he's. Facebook. He literally just shows up. Listen, this is the same criticism that I give for. Like, don't think this is just a DC hate. Like, the same criticism that I had for the second Avengers film. Ultron, oh, the like, second Avengers film was garbage. Ultron comes into being, and then he's literally like, "Well, I just have to kill the Avengers," and I, I have no reason why, right? Like, I need. No, he's a corrupted AI program. I need like, my, I need my villains to be a Magneto, strength. right? Like, to me, the best written villains are somebody that even if you don't agree with them, you say like, "I understand how somebody comes to this viewpoint and takes these actions," right? I mean, like, that's like why, like, I, did you see Black Panther? Yeah, that's uh, great. Yes. Yeah. Killmonger to me was like one of the best villains. That My, I was gonna say I the completely get with the yeah. Doing. In fact, that was yeah, the, I, when we walked out. My wife said I really like Black Panther, and I said yeah. If I had any complaint, it's that we didn't get enough Killmonger, right? Same. Like I wish there was way yeah. more dialectic conversation between. But but that's just it. Like so when I when I need that in a film, right? If that's what engages me, like Batman versus Superman, like I don't understand why Batman and Superman are fighting. I don't understand why Lex Luthor's doing what he's doing. I don't understand, yeah, but... like, Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman, like, shows up and smiles, and then, like, that's it? Like, I, I, the entire film is a clusterfuck. Like, yeah, I'm, dude. I'm gonna demonetize this right now, because I'm gonna say it. Clusterfuck, clusterfuck, clusterfuck. Goodbye ad money. Like, <laughs> first of all, 
first of all, your YouTube channel is making money anyway. Yeah, I know. That's why I'm okay with doing that. <laughs> like, wow, with the new model. Uh -huh. Oh, that reminds me of a funny story I got to tell you guys real quick about Target. <laughs> so when I went to buy this new uh, mic and camera, uh, Sandra and I are in the electronics section at Target, and there's this, like, young nerd there selling shit. And he's, <laughs> he, and he's like, I was like, hey, man, can you help me find a webcam and... Uh, a uh, mic. He's like, oh, you're going to do some podcasting? I was like, yeah, something like that. <laughs> and uh, he's like, that's cool. He's like, so what, what, what exactly are you going to do? I was like, um, probably record some gameplay videos. He's like, oh, man, do, are, do you have a YouTube channel? I was like, yeah, I, I do. And uh, he's like, oh, man, that new, th that, that creator changed the create or kind of like the creator apocalypse or something recently. Uh -huh. He's like, can you believe what they did? He's like, oh man, everybody's losing their money and shit. How, how, it's such bullshit. I was like, yeah, my channel was okay. And uh, he's like, really? I was, he's like, what game do you play? I was like, uh, Elder Scrolls Legends. <laughs> he's like, he's like, oh, I love Skyrim, man. Like, uh, how would I find you? I was like, if you just search YouTube for Elder Scrolls Legends, I'm, I'm the first thing that comes up. He's like, no way. He's like, no way. Yeah. I was like, yeah, it, it's cool, bro. <laughs> he was so fucking like... You could tell that, like, his 50 channel YouTube, 50 subscriber YouTube channel had been, like, demonetized recently, and he was really heartbroken about it. It was, mm -hmm. it was uncomfortable. I think when I used to YouTube, I had a couple thousand. I think I peaked at a couple thousand, like 2,200. Yeah. And, like, I made, like, Minecraft mod videos and stuff, and I'd, like, routinely, like, if I put a lot of time and, like, I actually put it out there, I'd get, like, 50 to 100,000 views on each of them. Wow. Yeah. That's what's like, up. Yeah, like... At near the end of my channel doing and stuff, like I would usually min 20, 20k on those specific that. ones. Yeah, you're like, wow. <laughs> I am looking up your channel now. Yeah, no, no, I've already. I use a different channel now. Let me find it. Damn. I can link you in the chat. I don't use it anymore. I gotta see this. I need to get in this money. I still get checks. Yeah, yeah. I was partnered with Curse. I so like it like on my uh Facebook it says I'm like partnered with Team Liquid and stuff. Nice. It's it's so cringe when I look at it now, dude. It's me with like my, my old long hair and braces and stuff and Hell yeah. Dude, I don't it's know adorable. I'm adorable. I, I was gonna say I don't know what I do with that kind of money as a kid, but I know exactly what I would have done that money at that age. <laughs> me? Uh, I just spent it on video games and Taco Bell. Right, right. Yeah. I, I, I would have bought crack. <laughs> I was gonna say <laughs> I was gonna say, I mean Taco Bell heroin, it's kinda the same. Speak of the devil, the Taco Bell shall appear. Yeah, I get it. It's uh, it makes sense. I'm a Taco Bell so, fan. If I could ever pick like one person to work with as like a sponsor that I could get like fully behind, it'd be yeah. Taco Bell. Hands down. They they'd be like, We'll give you like a free taco every like eight hundred hours and I'd be like, You got me. Like Yeah. You, 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 you 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 had me sold. Yeah. Griffin's like my follower notification is the Taco Bell noise. Like I'm in. <laughs> I'm all in. That would be pretty sweet. <laughs> I think I just broke him. What just happened? I feel like the, my, <laughs> my whole screen just fucking Oh, uh, I gotta do it. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> you know what? While we're while we're throwing out ideas here, I've never understood why uh, Ian doesn't have something that's the Kool Aid Man busting out of his broken closet. <laughs> Let me just say that. That would have been pretty sweet. That would have been pretty sweet. Uh... 
Oh, oh. So I was starting to say the question I was going to pitch because we we kind of covered it a little bit earlier is uh, I'm I'm oh, curious yeah. what your stance is on bands in tournaments versus no bands. No. Yeah, because it's a pretty hotly debated topic in the actual like competitive scene. Uh, so like, if the players can ban one or if like the, like, do you like tournaments can. like uh, the Legend series has it right now where there are no bans? Like you bring the decks you bring, oh. or oh, do you okay. get to ban yeah. a deck? I'm I'm against bans in tournaments personally. I am as well. I yeah. I also am. Wow, I was not expecting to get consensus there. Yeah. Um, mine is mine is twofold. Uh, yeah. One is for me. Um, ultimately, when we move to tournaments that are hopefully through the client, where the yeah. client like locks, then you, then you can work all that out. Like if you want to have a format that you can ban, well, there will be tournaments for that. Well, there's wanna... that, but like for me, it's like once you have it in the client, and the client is going to lock in your lists, so we don't have to worry about the cheating aspect, right? Um, I like not having bans because I don't want my opponent to see my deck lists, and that means I can bring surprise, interesting lists. Yeah, like, right? and I think as the clients, like, as time goes on, as they implement more things, that's exactly what I want to ideally be. Yeah. Right now, we have the shared deck list just because of, like, the way organization works and stuff. Yeah, right, like, right, I just right. think but, of... Like, in the future, I don't want to know what people's decks are, so you can bring nutty stuff. Yeah, like, I think of what... So, I played in a finals for uh, a championship series game. Uh, this was, like, near the end of last year. And I played against Petamax, and we did not have, like bands and i know that like casters had access to the deck list but like i didn't see his list ahead of time right yeah. and he was playing some spell sword list that was running like imprisoned death lords and it was just one of those like really like i ended up losing but i lost because i didn't know what to do against that deck right yeah. like it was it was not something that i was prepared for i was trying to think on my feet and on the fly and like i i enjoy seeing that experience where innovators can be innovative and then the other reason is like let's just say hypothetically there's no room like everything's finely tuned we got like two or three of the best decks period right yeah. like let's say that's the format um as a viewer of competitive stuff i want to see the best players play the best decks in the game you know yeah. I don't want to watch the Super Bowl and not have Tom Brady in the game, right? Like, I want to see the best well, players playing the best... Well, you know what I mean, right? Like, you get the I'm, analogy. I'm an Eagles fan, yeah. so... <laughs> well, here's the thing. As an, Eagle, here, as an Eagles fan, you're probably happier that you beat them when Brady's in, because now you don't have to hear oh, him yeah, whine about shit it. shit on him. Right? Like... <laughs> we just, took a, we just but, took a dump down his throat. But, but that's my point. Like, you, people want to see, in my opinion, I, or at least this is me personally, as a viewer, I want to see the best players play the best decks in the game. And I don't, wanna, oh, I don't I, want the best stuff on the bench. So, like, I'm just personally, I'm not a fan of bands. Yeah. No, NFL adding bands 2018, we banned Tom Brady. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have to be honest, like, I... <laughs> Uh, oh, yeah, I, I think that like there, there's a place for both. I prefer to watch tournaments yeah. without bands because it keeps, I think, the, the element of, hey, let me bring my insane bullshit deck. <laughs> yeah, I mean, to me, it's like the point of a tournament that is competitive is to be competitive. So you bring the best things to win. So like if you need to know what the best decks are, you should be able to read the meta well well enough to know what people are going to bring and then you just bring what you think counters it you can take that risk 
you shouldn't know everything. I mean, that's like the thing is like I think that there's that. It's the way Magic does a lot of their terms. At least Star City does. You have no clue. You're, it's, you go in blind, and then once you yeah. hit like top four, top eight, then you know what your opponent's decks are because you're at the right. point now where not knowing what your opponent's deck is irrelevant. Like it's down to you make the best decisions, you sideboard efficiently, and stuff like that. But I think as time goes on, like you know, have that you have more access to like how tournament structure is because like they've talked about in the past about creating like a tournament client where people can run like a platform where people can run their tournaments how they yeah. want to run. Yeah. And I think like different series will be able to do different tournaments how they want to. That would be a really cool thing to have implemented. <laughs> uh, I, I do think though, I mean, I'm just going to be honest. I, in principle, like I don't like that you ban one of your opponents for decks type thing, but I do think that um, until something's done about it, because I feel like it's inevitable, um, Nixox should be banned from tournaments. <sighs> Just gonna keep it real, man. That's how I feel. Yeah, I don't. We, we've we've talked about this behind the scenes too, and yeah, I, I understand. I, I'm like, I I know. I you you guys know I'm I'm against it, but yeah, I'm I'm against banning it. I mean, I'm just going to throw this out here, but, uh... This is going to be great. <laughs> I, I did, I'm, I'm like... I love that I've cultivated that level of uh, suspense and insecurity. Um, I was going to say that, in my opinion, I'm actually not in favor of banning Nixox, even if I think the card is problematic, because you can't... Listen, the developers aren't going to, like, speed to solve a problem unless they know that there's a problem. And one of the best ways to showcase that is to continue <laughs> to let people abuse it, right? Like, Yeah. That's why. That's ultimately why I decided to put the deck on my channel. Yeah, I mean, it. that's... I don't know. Like, if it's legitimately a problem, right, then the, then the developers need to take action. And I almost feel like it's your duty, like, as a community to uh, beat that dead horse. Because, let's be honest, that's what happened with Echo of Akatosh, right? It's not like that one was in need of a nerf. Like, that was entirely community beating the dead horse. Yeah, um, it's funny, because Echo of Akatosh is a card that has zero constructed application. And certainly no tournament application. <laughs> Even before it was nerfed. But, uh, Praetorian Commander is a card that I'm glad it was nerfed. But, uh, Echo of Akatosh is kind of an interesting blip in the history of the game i i mean i didn't play very heavily in that meta so i don't know how much it was affected but I don't praetorian, know. praetorian commander prophecy mage was oppressive <laughs> i remember i hear tale of how oppressive it was but yeah echo vakatosh doesn't sound that oppressive to me like beforehand nah, like giving everything it, keywords it was just it was just not fun <laughs> no, i mean it's just like a mundus stone to your whole deck without right. you having to it made it defeats the purpose of a card like Mundestone. Except it's like a Mundestone with a body attached to it. Yeah, I mean, like it's significantly better than Mundestone. Yeah. Uh, I'm. I mean, I've, I'm glad the card was nerfed to. But also, like, I don't know. Looking it's back on it, unplayable now. It was kind of unplayable beforehand, though. <laughs> it just wasn't fun. <laughs> hmm. That's. I mean, that's my opinion, right? Uh, it was played in conjunction with Praetorian Commander, which was full of prophecy creatures, which I think made it seem like more relevant. But, you know, you're still drawing one creature a turn. I don't know. It's an interesting one, looking back on it. Mm -hmm. yeah. 
Alright, so uh, let's make some interaction. You guys have any questions for us about anything? It's a question uh, for PewDiePie. Where the, when the hell did you start playing Legends? It was when I could start doing this. Yeah, you do kind of look like PewDiePie. Yo, I even have the same chair, like the exact same chair. Like, I you found really? out about this. Yeah, like, like it's been a meme on his channel for a long time that this chair can go like, like all like completely flat. And I have the same chair, coincidentally, as well. I used to get I, all the time that I looked like him. People would, like, take pictures of me and stuff. And, like, I, awesome. I used to get this thing, like, when people used to think I looked like uh, Taylor Kitsch quite a bit. And then there's another one that I very distinctly is Jared Padalecki from Supernatural. I used to get that a ton. Like, it's weird. There's a time in my life where I looked like every possible... TV person. Hmm. I sometimes get told I look like Jack Black. <laughs> I can see it. I can see it. I can see it a little Jack bit. Black. Yeah. It's the beard. It's the head shape and the beard. Yeah. Also my obesity. <laughs> <laughs> All right, when we got some I, when I was larger, I used to get David Arquette every now and then. David Arquette. David Arquette. I don't know who David Arquette is. Nobody does, which was why it was shocking to me. Um, you guys ever see the comedy Ready to Rumble? The, like, wrestling no. thing? Oh, wait. The, what, the guy who was married to Courtney Cox? I believe so, yeah. Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. Funny. I don't know enough about his personal life, but I thought it rings a bell. Huh. Okay. David Arquette. All right, so... Uh, oh, medieval my gaming... goodness. I can see it. Medieval Gaming writes, I am not great at creating decks. Are there any fundamentals to deck making, or is it more of a thing that changes according to the player of their cards in the meta? Um, Both. I think I, that there's, there's a couple fundamentals, depending on yeah. like what type of archetype you go for. Because like the fundamentals change based off of your goals, which is I guess makes it not a fundamental. Yeah, I was going to say, I think there's a core, right? There's core principles yeah. that you can start with with really any deck. You know, you talk about the basics of like smoothing out your curve, understanding um proactive versus reactive cards and why you want enough understanding the right amount of cycle if you're trying to find certain things right like mm -hmm. there are some core principles that you can kind of apply to anything and then yeah. you you start with the core and then you modify it based on what you're trying to accomplish yeah uh you know i think that you can do it at two different there are like two different levels to it too right there is decks that you build because you asked yourself how do i want to win and then there are decks that you build because you ask yourself, what do I want to beat? You know, and it's, it's like, if you, if you, and, and whether that's, you know, in general, I think that like the first question leads to decks full of threats and the second question leads itself to decks full of answers. But I mean, there's also, you know, oh, I want to win through this combo or I want to win this, that, and the other way. How do I facilitate that route to victory? Um, and that's like level one deck building and level two is like, what are people actually playing and how do I beat them? Yeah. And level three is like nuanced counter picks and meta picks. And tier like, zero, of course, is how do I use the Nixox combo to create? A yeah. I was going to say there is somewhere in there. There, there is somewhere <laughs> in there where you build for combos, right? Like that's, and that's yeah. kind of a hard one to, that's like the advanced course in deck building because yeah. yeah, there's a lot of balancing you have to do between enabling your combo, surviving long enough to do it, consistency, right. blah, blah, blah. But yeah, I mean, at its core, like you could say, for example, 
like, I'm tired of playing against Nyxox, so I'm going to put Withered Hand Cultist, Hallowed Death Priest, uh, Garnag, and Wrath of Sithis in a deck, and then just put, like, start with that, and then just put a bunch of threats in there, and you'd probably be right. okay. Oh, yeah, Malibu Barbus is a good point. The level four is when you barter away Iron Aatrox. That was, like, one of the weirdest videos I'd ever watched. Isn't that pretty I great? Like, I was like, what the <laughs> hell are you doing? <laughs> Dude, it's, I, I, I had a lot of fun doing that. Hey, let's take Kaniac's question here. <laughs> is Geo playable? If so, what's the best way to put it to use? Uh, clearly, Brass Archibus. Brass Archibus, apparently. Dude, I feel like, I, because I played so many games in rapid succession, <laughs> in casual, uh, today, I probably ran into like half our fucking audience. <laughs> uh, look, yeah, Premium Jube does have better stats than regular cube uh the best way to play him i don't know man look <laughs> i feel like on the podcast when we previewed him i i was like oh man this is a really powerful card if you can ever transform him and then i proceeded to never try to transform him until today and uh he's basically impossible to transform and have any reliability i put him in an aggressive like items rally crusader deck with like a million ways to fucking pump him up but Wait, he's not what's my word Give him more, and then he just doesn't die. No, nah, dude, I tried a lot of things today. It doesn't work. <laughs> you're, you're just like, I have seen things that nobody else yeah. has seen. I'm pretty defeated. Like, I won some games, and I, I transformed him twice, and, you know, just Jube was not essential to any part of this. Even once I transformed him, my opponents would go out of the way to kill him. <laughs> did you, did you, Justin, he hear me out, right? <clears throat> I know yeah. I was giving you shit earlier, right? Did you yeah. ever consider just trying to queue into a winged menace? He's the eradicator of the winged menace. I know. One of the games I transformed in was against an archer, and I was like, I bet this motherfucker has cliff racers. <laughs> but, it, but it didn't matter. He still died. <laughs> yeah. If he kills something and dies, does he transform or just die? I don't know. It never came up today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, Ever seen a gardener equip 10 stolen pants? No. That's a lot, a lot of, of pants. That's a lot of pants. Who needs that many pants? I feel like Sodi Mag has made that happen. <laughs> I just realized we have all of the house Sodius here today. Yeah, we I, do. I feel like at that point it's not even a gardener of swords. Like that's a centipede of swords. If you have ten stolen pants. Oh my god, dude! Sandra showed me human centipede not too long. Well, I guess actually it was a couple years ago, but she so showed me human centipede, and I'm still fucking recovering from that movie. Man, that movie. I don't, I don't want, I'm not a horror movie person. This is gross. I don't really like him either. Zombie Hunter 9 by 19 writes, How powerful do you truly think that Lich Mother is? Uh, so, I don't know if you guys are familiar with this. Hyranic and I have been trying to break Lich's Ascension for quite a while now. The we best be working much longer. The best combo, combo we've come up with involves Wisp Mother, because it triggers on everything when you have a Lich's Ascension in play and genius path mage right so like in magical fantasy land on turn 12 you have a wisp mother and a lich's ascension <laughs> in play hold on hear me out and then you play a genius path mage and you pull two 12 drops out of your you, you get a board that is wisp mother two genius path mages and two 12 drops uh it's it's three turns of setup it's not good that said, i mean like do i hear a video idea i already recorded it oh. <laughs> yeah i made it happen <laughs> <laughs> but it's still not good. Damn. 
I won. I mean, look, I won the game. I've played one game with it, and I won. But, uh, I mean, it's you know, it's not good. Hey, what's up, Dragon Tamer Blade? Good to have you here, man. It's the real DTV. I know. That's because he's down to blade. And you know what? The worst part of Lich's Ascension is, is it doesn't even seem like it'd be funny to barter away. It just seems like it'd be sad. <laughs> no, that's actually kind of fantastic. Now I want to just barter away Lich's Ascension. Yeah. And here you go. Here's a card that makes you lose the game. Uh, Whose idea was it in design to just be like, now nah, when this dies, get done. Yeah. Can anyone join House Sodius? Is there a test or something? Well, we have. <laughs> so what the what you do right is you join, you join, yeah. but and then you get a little bit of the cut of yeah. everybody else that joins in. So there's like a hundred dollar fee to get in. And then what you do is you go and yeah, basically we're selling plexus. <laughs> <laughs> nah, nah. What you do right is you right. go get more people. It's a really good way to make money, guys. I swear. Yeah. And then you get them to give you money, like just so you can join a Sodius, because you know there's <laughs> lots of perks. Absolutely. And then you get a cut of what they do, and then they do the same thing. Yeah. That makes sense. This is the great, the greatest economic idea I've ever heard. <laughs> it it kind of looks a little bit like this. Like the farther, the more people that you get in, the farther up you are. This thing, and the more money you get, it's great. And you get it. You get a supply of great culture. It's the greatest culture. It's the greatest culture. It's amazing. Make lots of money. It's that fantastic. Makes... It's amazing. It's gonna be huge. Oh God. <laughs> Bro, we're trying real hard not to get into a political debate here tonight. <laughs> Immortal King 1982 writes, "How do you how do you all feel about the way they look, bro? Because look, I like you, Griffin, and like, there's no reason to bring politics into this. Like, we're not neither one of us are in agree. We did agree with some stuff philosophically, though, while we were in, in Boston, Dude, which was yeah. cool. that was nice. I, I was, uh, you know, I told Griffin that I majored in philosophy the first time I went mm. to college. Uh, which made sense. I, I had a huge drug problems, so it seemed like a reasonable idea at the time. You <laughs> know, in the making. Right. Uh, Immortal King 1982 asks, "How do you all feel about the way they are changing Star Wars Battlefront 2's progression system?" I, I have no clue. Yeah, I don't know either. That's the game where you have to pay like a hundred dollars to play as like an Ewok, right? Yeah. Something like that. <laughs> okay. I mean, honestly, it might be worth it, like all things considered. Listen, I'm only interested if they're changing the progression system to it just being made by somebody else. Is that is that how they're changing it? They sell the rights to, like, a different company. Right. Did did EA yeah. lose their license yet? Because then talk to me. I'd play a single-player Star Wars RPG that was, like, like Skyrim. I'd play the shit out of that if it existed. I would, yeah. Yeah. Dick asks, what political party do each of you associate with and who is right? I'm not going to say he's right, but I mean, uh, I, I do lean right, that is for sure. <laughs> I am uh, registered independent. Really? Yeah. Interesting. There's, there are no primaries here. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't, so, it doesn't, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> I, I'm an unregistered independent. Fuck that, Trevor. I know you vote, don't you? Yeah, but like I don't register with a party. You're not required to in my state. Oh, yeah. Like you, no, you uh, have to register to vote, but that's it. Like I'm, yeah, but same. you don't even have to say like which way you lean when you register. So like I, I'm registered yeah, to vote, and that's it. Texas either, I don't think. So I just, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm an independent. 
I mean, like, look, I, I vote for a lot of Green Party candidates and a lot of Democrats. <laughs> I think that much is clear, though. I'm a fucking Buddhist who doesn't eat meat. <laughs> I'm, I'm like on the op. Well, I mean, I, I'm, I vote Republican, and I'm fairly yeah. conservative. Yeah, that's cool. I actually had this internship opportunity that I've been at recently to work with uh, a senator, and like. Uh, He's probably one of like the. It's not Cruz. It's not Cruz. I, I don't like Cruz. Oh, you mean the the guy who's going to get replaced by Beto? Wait, <laughs> that's Cruz. Yeah, I really think Beto is going to replace him. I Wait, really do. Are yeah. you guys Are you guys talking about the Zodiac Killer? Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. I'm not working for him. I'm not working for that guy. I think his dad killed right. Kennedy. <laughs> I think I think he killed Kennedy. <laughs> no, but like I would I would I don't want it. Hold on, Target Taylor Blade says he's an independent woman who don't need no man. <laughs> <laughs> Dragon Taylor Blade won. <laughs> Sorry. I'm... But like, I had never been like for our interview. Like, it was like 40, 45 minutes long, and they drilled me on political views. I was like, I did not anticipate being vetted this much by like somebody that my essays I clearly demonstrate that I agree with on a lot of things it felt like a cult initiation I was like that that's probably not far from the truth yeah like it felt like like they were like you say you agree with us but do you I don't, really? listen I don't know if you understand it or not but modern day politics is the crips and the bloods man you gotta get beat in alright yeah I was like as a guy who knows a lot of Crips and Bloods, I'm going to say that politics is worse. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, also, Malibu Barbath writes, not the first to get drilled by a senator. <laughs> well, no. <laughs> no, but the thing, though, is, is like I'm an unpaid intern, too. So it's like they can ask me whatever the hell they want. I can opt in and opt out. Like, And right. especially in Texas, because it's a right-to-work state, people can fire you for any reason. Yeah, but... so, is, so is Colorado. Yeah, like you, you, there's no, no explanation necessary. Yeah, they don't. They can be like, we don't like your shoes. Ian Bits wants to know what our favorite type of conversation that isn't politics is about. Um, honestly, I like talking about um legends, sci-fi stuff. I like talking about why Batman sucks. Yeah, Batflick is, I think, the best Batman we've had. That's like from the Batman versus Superman version. The Justice League version was a soft. Wait, so you think? You think that that's better than than the Christian Bale Batman? No. The bat flick from Batman vs Superman? Yeah. Yes. I liked it more. I think he's more accurately, physique wise for sure, more like Batman. And on top of that, I feel like intimidated by him. When I, I guess say like I enjoyed uh, Affleck in Batman vs Superman, but I th thought the Batman Begins trilogy were just like better movies. Oh, they were by far better movies. But I think like as representing Batman. Yeah, I think that the the bat flick was way better. So like that sequence when he's like climbing on the ceiling and it looks like he's Spider-Man in the night and shit. Like that's okay with you, even though he's supposed to be a guy who has no powers. Like that's that's why I like the the Nolan Batman because he's he's relatable. Like that's that's another stumping ground for uh, Batman fans, as misguided as they are. So they're like, well, I like him because he's just a normal guy. Yeah, like like. Fucking Elon Musk is a normal guy. Billionaire with, like, that knows every martial art in existence and has yeah. unlimited funds and time and somehow... and still isn't as good as Iron Man. That's true. 
I don't I know, man. It's like it's like just the fact like when like like that. Remember that fight scene in the warehouse in Batman versus Superman, where Batman just beats the shit out of like thirty thugs. Yeah, like yeah. throwing boxes at them and stuff and just like yeah. shooting them with their own guns and stuff i was like this is a scary batman like i can see why criminals would be like shit maybe we like actually need to be afraid of him yeah like, except batman, this, this is the problem though like, they're not if batman's so fucking scary and effective then why hasn't he cleaned up gotham in 60 years like even daredevil cleaned up hell's kitchen in the comics and that dude's blind batman is a yeah. failure he as a hero Batman is a dude with a, a psychosis who needs Batman more more than fucking Gotham needs him. No, 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 he's a billionaire, but he keeps throwing people in Arkham, and they keep getting out. And he's not like, well, maybe I should just buy a better facility as Bruce Wayne. <laughs> I, I think, like, I don't know, like, when we're talking about, like, cleaning up, like, crime and stuff for superheroes, Punisher is hands down, like, my favorite superhero. Also, the most he's, not, he's not yeah, super he's Nora not a superhero. hero. He's not. But he's like, a villain. He, he, he was introduced as a villain. Hey, he's he's not. But it's like did you, okay, he's he's like, he's exactly here's that a, I think it was like a Dave Chappelle skit on like Bill Cosby and like the advantageousness of like at what point does society go, you know, you've done a lot of good, so it outweighs the things you're doing that are bad. Yeah, it's weird and prophetic that he uh, made an argument like that. Oh, no, no, no. Dave Chappelle did a skit after Bill Cosby's accused of rape. Yeah, I know. But, like, it's it's an interesting argument. And in the case of The Punisher, he's psychotic. He's he's a, not psychotic. He's a psychopath. But he's a psychopath. No, he's like, he's psychotic. Yeah. No, yep. I don't. Yep. Because what he's doing is clearly wrong, but he does it anyway. And he, is it clearly wrong? It's it's, it's wrong. Here's the thing, right? Let me let me let, let me point this out, right? I guess we could have a difference of opinion about this, but Right. Yeah, yeah. I I I think like well, principally, I think that there are people that are so evil in this world that that should not exist. Right. So like let's just say hypothetically, there's like a mass murderer, right? Yeah. There's a mass murderer. The guy has right. like hundreds of kills under his belt. Not not legally sanctioned, right? Like, he's just, he's mowing people down with, like, I don't know, machine guns, bowie knives, whatever. Right? Yeah. And that's the, that's, uh, wait, no, that's the Punisher, not his target. What the fuck am I saying? He's a mass murderer. <laughs> like. I was following you along, so I realized you were making a point that was fucking my head. Yeah. Like, no, I mean, that's, that's, you can say what you want. To, like, while well, he only kills certain people, he's still a fucking murderer. Like, no, no, I agree. I agree. On I mean, a massive no level. Somebody like that. There's no place for somebody like that in real life. Ian like, does. <laughs> Anyone else get a little nervous when Charmer talks about a hypothetical mass murderer? <laughs> Charmer's like, hypothetically, there's yeah. like this middle-aged white guy, right? Right. Yeah. the podcast. <laughs> Who may have access to weaponry. Can we all agree that if any of us were to be secretly a, a serial killer would be charming listen like i'm not even gonna fight against that it's totally me like if, if, if it's one of us it's it's totally me i'm not even gonna fight that yeah like no but like like he was I, introduced I, as I, a I, villain like this is this is what always i i think gets lost on people like punisher's introduction was a villain and in my opinion punisher time where like killing somebody is goes no like now it's like there's that different tipping scale like where the average person is more access to anti-heroes and stuff like that. no but it wasn't even just like the the killing stuff no it's like literally 
Spider-Man was the public menace, so the Punisher and his ideology went, this guy's gotta go, and even though Spider-Man was doing something good for the city, the Punisher's like, I gotta fucking kill him, right? This dude's, a, he's a menace, he's on the loose. That's how he was introduced to the Marvel Universe. Instead of Wisconsin, like, the different characters. Part of my problem with the Punisher is just, like, my personal belief that, like, no one is beyond redemption. That's, that's... Well, that, that's why you think you're probably on the Daredevil side. Daredevil's great. Nah, I think Daredevil's a fucking pussy. Like, no, are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> He's such a little... Wait, wait. So the... <laughs> He's such a little bitch. He's sitting there strapped to his own chains and he won't kill the Punisher to save people. <laughs> like... Yeah, that's, that's called morals, man. Nah, no, dude. Like, like Punisher, you're you're I, you're faulting Daredevil for following a code when the Punisher follows his own code to the exact extremes. The Punisher is the exact one opposite. Code doesn't get the job done in the same vein that your Batman gets people put in jail and they just come back yeah, out and do but, more bad shit. But Daredevil in the comics actually did clean up Hell's Kitchen. Like it was crime free. Yeah, like he succeeded. I'm, I'm, I'm equating it to the more modern version. The Netflix show, yeah, yeah, that's how I equate it more too. Jessica Jones, by the way, best Netflix show. I I agreed up until I saw the Punisher. I thought the Punisher TV show. Listen, was look, Jessica Jones. I'm I'm hating on the Punisher. It sounds like, but the John Bernthal Punisher, he nailed the character. It's fucking amazing. He's he's but... outstanding. I just the only the only issue I have is when people describe the Punisher as anything but a villain. I already said to you guys earlier, when I watch superhero movies, for me, the thing that engages me the most is when I have a villain that you can understand. That was what I said to you. I think yeah, yeah. the Punisher is engaging as a character. I, I just agree. think that you also have to acknowledge that the dude is a villain and that there's no other stance to take. Uh, to me, anyway. Like, he might do things that benefit, but so did Magneto. Like, Magneto did things that benefited people, and he built a utopia yeah. in the Savage Land, and he and did all I these things. I 100% but... like, agree with Magneto's position, actually. Yeah. Again. <laughs> Wait, which, which position did I agree with? I agree with his uh, position on civil rights. <laughs> oh, I agree with him in the sense that, like, he took the physical... Well, there's, like, the dichotomy between Charles Xavier and Magneto that there's, like, the Malcolm X versus Martin Luther King Jr., and I think in the real world, Martin Luther King Jr. is much, much more effective and much more necessary for society to move forward. But in the case of, like, like the TV shows and comics, Magneto, like, I agree with the Malcolm X position. Shit, I agree with the Malcolm X position in real life. <laughs> I, I think that, you know, like, I agree with it in I'm, a lot I'm of ways. Sort of being sarcastic right now, but sort of being I, serious, too. Punisher is a very 80s hero. I think that he's like a very grounded hero. Like he, I think that the reason, like the functional, the function that he serves, it appeals to just a very different audience. Like I don't know. Like, like there's no other heroes really like him. There's like Wolverine. I, I, I was gonna I say I think he. Wolverine as well. I think he appeals to, uh, you know, veterans, police officers, things like that. Um, for obvious reasons, but I also yeah. think that you think so because I mean, like the he, people he I does. Know. I can tell you, as somebody who worked in a 100%. comic shop for a long time, they are the biggest backers of the Punisher. 100%. Military people because it reminds them of their deployment, and police officers because it make it's a reminder of the, what they wish they could do. Because your cop like, is your average guy that just is happy to carry a gun. 
So, I don't know like any like I don't personally know any cops or ex servicemen except for my dad. That's like all but, my like, family every, is. Yeah, I was say every, I know a lot of law every, enforcement. But I, I will say that like everybody I know who's killed someone is really into much more like like things that do not remind them of that. Yeah, but this is but this is not like this isn't like oh this is my sad reminder like this is because to me the the appeal they to the Punisher they they identify it but to me the the people who do really like the Punisher and view him as a hero are the people that really just want to take the easy way out because to me that's what the Punisher represents right really I do I don't think I think I, I think it's a hundred percent like listen I can end this now and not have to deal with it forever or I can try to take him alive which is always harder than just straight murder i can I talk about I potential think... rehabilitation there's there's all these avenues that open up when somebody's like left alive and you have to deal with like courtrooms and legal systems and trial or i can just murder them like it's the easy way out and the people who have that appeal are the people who are either used to having taken it whether it's in combat or deployment or the people who spend all day chasing down crackheads and jumping over fences and wish that they could just not have to do that like it's very much like that like, it's a, like, wouldn't it be easy if, right? They might not say that, like, publicly, but I've had a, a few people, like, in, confide in me and say, yeah, absolutely. Like, it's, you know how much easier things would be if they could just do that? And they always, like, they have it with the best of intentions. Like, no, I'm not saying these yeah. people are murderers, but I'm saying that, like, they know, like, hey, this is, like, the 11th time I've arrested this dude for beating his wife. Wouldn't it be nice if I could not have to do that anymore? You know? Yeah. Like, that's what the Punisher represents and to them. Oh, I think it represents more than that as well. Like even just to the extent, did you ever see American Sniper? Yes. No. Yeah. Like remember how like they they identify with that culture of the Punisher because it's a it's not just a it's an ideal. Like it's not just okay. I go out and take the easy route. It's very determined and very punctual about goals and trying to always adhere to what that character thinks is right. He might be a psychopath in the case of more in the character, but like it's. It's a very pointed realization that you're willing to go to any length to make sure you do the right thing. And in that means killing somebody in the case of his character, he's willing to do that. What makes him a psychopath though is that like murder is not the right thing. <laughs> <laughs> or that it's not the go-to answer like every time and it's not drawn well, out torture. But right and wrong are determined. Like you're not running a guy over with well, a, well, yeah, a steamroller. Like, even murder is literally the definition of murder is the unlawful killing. Right. Like at the end of the day, you, the the question you need to ask is: Is it not that murder is the wrong thing? Is it killing is the wrong thing? I think. I mean, my that my personal position would be yes. And I I think that that it's situational. I I don't think that there. Are, I think that in general you can't just be like, yeah, it's fine to kill whoever you want, obviously, because that's wrong. But at the same time, there are certain things that do inhibit, like, like somebody like, like, it's like the Hitler argument, or like the Kim Jong-un argument, or like the Stalin argument, or the Mussolini one, like, like, those are people that I think that I would never in a second in the blink of my eye go, wow, those are people that I would try to redeem. No, they're, they're not redeemable in my eyes. They've done too many bad things. They're, they're better if they're just gone. Like, I see it like Pablo Escobar. Like, that's another person. Like, I just go, that's somebody that's a plague on the world. 
if they're gone, it's better. <clears throat> and it's like why you inst and I think that the way you do that is you don't do that. Like that's the difference too in like a TV show like The Punisher is that it's the individual taking on those responsibilities rather than having an institutionalized system take on those those problems, which is like a big disconnect. Like it, you can't have individuals deal with that kind of stuff. You have to have your governments and your law enforcement be upstanding enough to do the right thing to deal with those situations. Oh yeah, yeah, Jay Silver. I already said a while ago when I said clusterfuck three times in the mirror to summon the uh, demonetization. Like I'm not even going to click it when I upload this one. Like this one will go up. <laughs> North wants us to talk about Cool Lockkeeper. It's fantastic. I, mean, I, I really like it. It's, it's real strong. It's going turn. If you have ring turn one, uh, um, trainer, blah, 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 words, fifth legion trainer, and then turn two cool lockkeeper, having a two six guard on turn two that buffs your shit. Yeah. Wow. It's the That's best disgusting. of the rally creatures, it's in my so, opinion. It's and so it's, good. it's, it's single handedly the reason I still run execute. Yeah. I think it's great. Uh, Mortal King 1982, we talked about Nixox for about an hour. We did. <clears throat> yeah, I think he just wants us to get back to Nixox, but it's it's really just all part of the same conversation because when I play against Nixox, it makes me want to be the Punisher. <laughs> you pull a me with the roping thing, except with like you, except with the Nixox, you're just like... Um, yeah... I just I just want to make sure I'm clear about my position here. Uh, I am not for killing anyone at all. I think anybody can re be redeemed, and uh, it's just a matter of the correct intervention. And there's no there's no intervention after like death. <laughs> so that is true. Yeah, uh, I'm not a fan of that. No, I know a lot of people that are that way, and I would say this thing. I mean, I know a lot of people. I work with a lot of people that have killed a lot of people, and these are people who at one point were net a lot of negative utility for this world and something happened at some point and things changed and now they are not just functioning members of society they're helping other people advance their lives in positive directions and they're contributing and i don't think it's ever too late for anybody to, to do something different and what's in the past is already in the past and it's not like punishing someone for something they've done is is it has any social utility at all like even as a deterrent it, you know we've Study after study has shown that harsh punishments for crimes don't deter people from committing crimes. So what we need is just better rehabilitation in order to effectively improve our society. Well, what's interesting is I don't see punishment as a method of deterrence. I think it's a function of deservance. You, you can't just do whatever you want. That's how I see it. Like There needs to be some ramifications to actions. Nick, North, if you kicked my cat, I would hunt you down and kill you. No, I'm just kidding. John I would, Listen, I will John like Justin Wick. Yeah, no, I will. I, I will John Wick for my pug. I'd be pretty upset about that. I'd be John Wick for my dog. Propaganda style says being locked up forever is worse than death. I 100% agree. I want to make sure it doesn't get uh, lost. Shannara asked if any of us had played any houses to success, and if so, which one? Dagoth, 100%. Dagoth is disgustingly good. Uh, I have a great win rate with a Telvani Alter deck. Um, I wreck people in arena with Red Redoran. 
Jeez, dude. Red Aran in Arena. Oh, dude, Rally is disgusting in Arena. With the, with the ring, I, I don't think I've ever lost with a Red Aran deck. I've tried a couple of different things, but... In, um, in Arena, I should clarify. I was most successful playing house in my teens. Uh, so successful that I locked down my wife, and we've been together for a long time now. That is true. Um, 18 years in December, so... Yeah. But I, I played a lot of house before I met my wife, too. Uh, good jokes. Listen, uh, I can do that. I can yo-yo back and forth between the the serious and uh, the dad. I I can't tell if that was a joke or if it was serious. Zombie Hunter nine by nineteen wants us to talk about which unique legendaries we think have the biggest genitals. <laughs> Gentleman Jim Stacy, hands down. <laughs> I mean, he would just so when you're thinking about large balls. Like, yeah, maybe for a human, but how big? Like dragons have to reproduce somehow. Yeah, like, you know what, gentlemen, Jim Stacy, bigger than Alduin. I'm calling it right now. <laughs> dude, dude's so hung that when he comes into play, you want to give him some. He, it's literally his summon ability. <laughs> he just whips that, and he's like, he, he just asks, and you're like, yes, sir, I will give it to you. <laughs> Is that what you say? <sighs> Is that the line you give? No, usually my mouth is full. Oh my god. This is the first episode of the podcast where we've gone down in viewers consistently over time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yep. I mean, it was a good run. I told you we were getting cancelled before we hit 30. Didn't see this coming, eh? Fucking self-fulfilling prophecy tonight. Ooh, an Amherst Keeper is uh, a pretty good answer to that, too. But he is not a unique. That is... He's like Aquaman. Is anybody playing Tribunal Control? Uh, I mean, if you play Tribunal Control, you're just gonna lose to Nixox. <laughs> yeah. You really do. It is an auto-lose with that deck. Yeah. Unless your opponent just is really bad at playing it, but otherwise... Yeah. Yeah. Why don't you just... Or you draw me? your Death Priests... And very opportune moments. Yes. I did I did beat a Nixox deck on Tribunal Control because I Death Priest a Lanneth and then two turns later got a Nixox and they never got the combo off. Hmm. Was it was it Zombie Hunter that asked the balls question? <laughs> uh yeah. yeah. Uh, he didn't he didn't phrase it like that, but yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Wait, what if that wasn't even his question? <laughs> He's just like, you're asking the question? Nah, Zombie Hunter 919's question included the phrase, like, meat sword or something. Meat swords. Hey, thank you very much, Jack GN67. I really appreciate that. Uh, Maricon suggests scaling into Death Priest, which uh, I've had done against me. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. That's the way to go. <clears throat> Propaganda style eighty seven says that Vivek Spear is named my dick. Is it really? Is that really the case? I think that it's close in pronunciation or something like that. Oh. Is it really? It's like the the Gaelic version. Is it like Midic? <laughs> my duck? God, this is the worst episode of our show we've ever had. <laughs> <laughs> oh. 
All that, this is this is all that happened, Justin. You met me in person, and you realized that everything I did was not an actual act, and your view has been skewed. That's all that's happened. That's literally it. I feel like I'm pretty much just as nice in person as I am on the podcast. No, uh, you you are. I wasn't saying you aren't. I'm saying that you secretly hoped that I wasn't this bad all the time, and you found out that I'm actually worse. Nah, you were great to meet in person. You too, Griffin. Like, I really enjoyed meeting both of you, and I really hope we get to do something like that again sometime. Oh, I'm, are you guys going to QuakeCon? We don't know. Really depends. <laughs> Is it the... I don't I know. Also, I, mean, like, I, have, I, have, I have time off, and it's actually not that far away from me. But I've asked yeah. CVH a number of questions that he has not answered yet, so... Hmm. I'm, I'm, well, I'm probably going to go. Well, it's, how, it's pretty close to you, right? Yeah, yeah, it's over in Dallas. I mean, it's only like a 20-hour drive. Nice. You know, getting Wait. across Texas. I'm kidding. It's like 20 Texas hours. I, I, was, I, was, I was doing my radio show host thing where I'm like, that's interesting. And then I was like, I processed it. And I'm like, oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> that's like, it's not true. Yeah. Oh, no, no. It's it's only like a few hours, I think. Like nice. two and a half, three hours. I have family in uh, Dallas. I've never been to Dallas. I've never been there. I've never been there either. But I have a nine-year-old niece who lives there. Or maybe she's ten now. <laughs> One of the years that is of the young variety. Yeah. I don't know. It's all the same. She's actually at the point now where like, I expect her to some point either find the channel or discover that I was in prison and then I'll have to have a confusing conversation <laughs> with the child. <laughs> because right now she just thinks I'm her cool uncle, you know? What happens when she both finds uh, you dressed like an orc and that you are in prison and you have to explain to her that... That that's what you looked like the whole time you were That's there. why you were in prison. Right, yeah. <laughs> Crimes against elves. Two, two mana much... in prison. Yeah, too much skooma. Um I'm Scottish and from a Gaelic background and can confirm Vivek Spear is called Medic. Which sounds like my dick and means... Heavenly Lance. Are you fucking serious, dude? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I was like, I hope that's real. Yeah, it it is. No, it totally is. That it's the only I one that it works. See, so the I the Estonian interpretation trouble. isn't anywhere close, but the Gaelic one is really funny. No, it's awful. <laughs> that's amazing. I would, you know, I, I I had to come full circle to the. Uh, Thing about uh, full circle to go back to the topic I actually want to talk about when I was transforming Jube today, <laughs> I uh, I was a little disappointed that I did not get a title for it. Oh, you didn't get one? No, there's no title. What if that's like what is the hardest title to get in the game? Centurion has to be really, it's easily yeah, the most time consuming, yeah, I time consuming, but like difficult to pull. I, I think I have like every other title. Let me check, see what I don't have. I actually don't have all the titles, I don't think, that require you to complete those Skyrim quests. Oh. Yeah, I don't have all of those. I'm at, like, 24 out of 30 for each of them, but I wasn't, I, like, purposely re-rolling to get them either. I earned one yesterday, actually. Um, <laughs> let me see. I remember, like, I remember I built the Centurion deck, and it's actually a video I posted a while back to my YouTube, and mm -hmm. I played a game against Link. I nice. three enraged mud crabs. <laughs> he just auto conceded. I've got I've got a deck I call Smart Cheerion, and I've started farming the title on my lunch break at work. I think I'm up to like thirty nine out of a hundred or something like that so far. 
It's literally just all of the mud crabs and like uh, dwarven dynamo and everything that pumps. I'm running like three copies of dwarven armaments. Uh, I had one guy concede the minute that I got a mud crab up to like an 1110. Um, okay, I do not have the true high king to draw 50 cards, Thulfric Stormcloak. Oh, I that one's not... also really annoying. Yeah, I do, not have, I do not have the Risen, reanimate a 1 1 Odoving at Cultist Meeting Place. That one's not too bad. What? It's a story not, mode one. I do not have the Memory Master, which I don't know what that is. It's Master uh, Return to Clockwork City. All, okay. all of the puzzles. I don't have the God Slayer, Godem, and the Machine. Yeah, again, Master Clockwork City. The Giant Slayer. Uh, Master Dark Brotherhood one. I'm missing a lot. Or the Crypt Raider. Uh, I think that's a Dark Brotherhood story one as well, right? Oh, and I don't have all of the Houses of Morrowind win 30 games with certain color combinations. Yeah, I don't, I don't have those. I, I don't have those. I'm almost done with the Morrowind grind minus those, because I've also been working on those. Um, but I don't I'm, have the, I don't I have have the, the, one. the adorable one. I need to summon 20 Vardvarks. I, I have the Rhetoran uh, and That's the Tolani ones. Yeah, summon 20 Vardvarks gives you the title of the adorable. Yeah. As far as the new cardbacks go, I've won 30 games with... Um, Telvani and with Redoran from the latter and from Arena, respectively. <laughs> but the other th three I don't have yet. We got, we got a question from chat. Uh, this Maricotton Mer one, I don't know, must be new okay. around here, uh, asks, if you could play three Jewobs, would you? Yes. The hardest part of the deck was drawing Jewob. Jewob Jub needs to be drawn, so yes. Yeah, I was running Brass Archibus to, to pull him out. Along with Shadowmere and uh, my other one drop was the Sarethi Spawn so I could rally onto Jub. <laughs> I, I, I will say, like, I'm releasing that video tomorrow. Like, you can see my exploits with it. I need to get Giant Slayer. Yeah, I probably should do that. That's dealing 100 damage to the thing. Yeah, it's probably a lot easier to do now with some of the new tools. Back when it came uh, out, it was kind wait, of a pain. You have an infinite turn timer, right? Uh, yes. I should be able to do that with Nixox. <laughs> That's why I said it's probably a lot easier to do now with the current tools. Yeah. Um, but it used to be a big pain. Yeah. Hmm. Shit, I've done so much rallying, I have Archmaster of Rhetoran, the Rally 200 creatures. Wow. Yeah. To answer your question, Kania... I the new titles. I think the slay thing doesn't trigger for Jewab if he dies because the product of slay is his like change, uh, and you can't change if you're not on the board, right? It's not like uh, let me put it this way: like the two-two uh, flaming hot chick, right? Doesn't turn into a werewolf in your grave if you break a rune because the beast form triggers the change, and so the slay same thing. Like you can't slay. And then, like, the, the change basically always occurs on the board. Like, you don't change in the grave. Or at least, as of right now, we have no mechanic that changes in the grave like that. Uh, Maricon, I wanted to say, um, Sandra and I played The Mummy's Curse today, the new expansion for Clank, and had an absolute blast. The games felt, like, more complex in a lot of ways than they have before. And that game was already fantastic, so thank you for that. Yeah, for real call-out, if you guys haven't played Clank and you like board games, it's actually a, a lot of fun. It's my yeah. favorite board game of all time, 
like hands oh, down by, by a significant okay. margin. Yeah, that's a that's a bold statement. A bold statement. No, I think it's great. I mean, Sandra and I played quite a bit. We have uh, we have, well, we have one friend, and we've played with him. No, that one, one friend. Well. And we played it with my parents once, actually. Hmm. Yep. Interesting. Sacrifice two hundred. Bernie clan stalker. Oh my goodness. Yeah, I'm still working on that one, but I only own one. So that's such a such a powerful card that I'm still trying to figure out how to use most effectively. I don't know if I think it's that powerful, to be honest. Uh, I think it's more powerful in certain decks where you have immediate sacrifice options. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the tempo you could gain with uh, dropping it and then using a that zero cost red thing that sacrifices a creature to do five something. It's pretty. Cruel Firebloom is up there. Alter is Cruel up Fire. there. Yeah. SJB58. Ironmonger was one of the first achievements I got because I ran Iron Atronach unironically like two years, like the month that open beta started. <laughs> Ironmonger was one of the first like real titles I got as well, but that's yeah. because I got it in one of my first ever solo arenas and that was all it took. Yeah. Yeah, I completed, I actually just completed the win a game at zero life with Vivek in solo arena. Hmm. I need to get the one where it's, uh, where to go? I just had it though. The, it's the it's not the horchata. Horchata is a drink. Yeah, that's the that's hor, the hortator. Complete unite the houses. Oh yeah, I got that a couple of days ago. Hmm. Have eight imperial grunts and play at the same time. How do I not have that one? Uh, yeah, well, I don't really like imperial reinforcements. So that's probably why. Hmm. I think the horda was this uh, silicone-based monster in the original Star Trek. Was that? No, was... Never mind. <laughs> time to time to do Google. Was was that your first ever attempt at a charmer joke? Because that was adorable. I thought you might have watched the original Star Trek. What are you saying? What are you saying that I might not have? That's exactly what we're saying, Griffin. I'm right though, right? Look, did I mean, you, <laughs> did you, well, I actually have watched the original Star Trek. But... Oh, okay, sweet. I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry. I just assumed. I, yeah. I see how it is. No, I just. I mean, look. I've seen like three episodes. The original Star Trek is one of the most datedly awful looking things in the world now. Oh, and the pacing better. of the show doesn't make any sense. Like, you know, like it's just not something that I recommend to anybody. So. No, I don't, I don't think it's, it's, I don't understand the appeal of the original series. Yeah. I mean, it was, it's cool from like a, like a historical point of view. I, I'm the same with like Kubrick movies. Like, like I, don't, I really usually don't think they're that good. Really? I see. I love all the Kubrick movies. I still think 2001 looks... Jeez, I like, couldn't finish it. I, I literally couldn't finish the movie. I thought it was that bad. Were you sober? Yes. There's probably your problem. <laughs> like, I, I, haven't seen, <laughs> I, I haven't seen it since I got clean, but, like, I love that movie, man. At least really? I remember. I, I mean, people think it's, like, the best movie of all time, and I just, Dude, I just don't. That opening sequence with the, the monolith and the fucking apes, like, I, I, it's one of the most genius things I've ever seen. I... Everybody says that. I think it's dumb yeah. as shit. <laughs> yeah. Like, huh? it, it's just like, it's so weak. Like, it just feels like it's trying too hard to be, like, artsy. If you get my drift, like, it's like, there's certain things that are just like, like, people will say they're good because they're artsy. And I feel like that it's come to the point where that movie has become, like, the pinnacle of people say it's good. And I'm not saying in your case, but, like, people think it's 
good because it's artsy and it's because it's artsy people say it's good like it it, uh, it has very good cinematography in a lot of the scenes but like i cannot yeah, it still cannot. looks good i mean even just yeah. the special effects like it still looks good the special effects are amazing it's like i like six, that it's like a but 60 year old outside of that i just cannot get behind like it's just, ugh. i do agree with chad that the book was better but that's always the case it's not always the case the book for it yeah there's like four of them really uh, uh, Zombie Hunter wants to see a quiet place. Sandra and I went and saw that a couple weekends ago. Um, I don't like horror movies like we like Griffin and I were talking about earlier, but uh, it, I thought the quiet place was really good. I've, I've heard an amazing thing. Somebody says Isle of Dogs. I love the Isle of Dogs. It's so awesome. I, I haven't seen it. that one, but I am a huge Wes Anderson fan. Like, it is awesome. All of his movies are like among my favorites. And Zombie Hunter Nine by Nineteen, I have seen Requiem for a Dream. Yeah. I need to watch that still. I need to watch that still. I watched that in high school. I think that was our anti-drug movie. Are you serious? I'm dead serious. Wow. Wait, which one was? We're clean for a dream. It's one of the most depressing films I've ever seen. I don't. I don't want no spoilers. I, I've I've been avoiding spoilers like the plague for that movie. It works out about as well as you think it would. <laughs> <laughs> really? <laughs> hmm. I, I, I mean, it's a great movie. But... I hear really good. I was just like. I'm blanking on my the name, but like one of my, I think my favorite director that like I could follow is probably Edgar Wright. Edgar Wright, what's he done? Baby Driver, Scott Pilgrim versus the World. I love oh, Scott I Pilgrim. Like, I do like the Scott Pilgrim movie. That Scott Scott Pilgrim is one of the rare few films that uh, I think the film is better than the source material. Hmm. Shaun of the Dead. Oh, okay, yeah, I love Shaun. Hot of the Dead. Fuzz. Yep, yep. Oh, he made Ant Man. Oh, he wrote Ant Man. He actually was originally going to direct it as well, but they wouldn't give him enough creative freedom, so he dropped out. Huh, okay. I haven't seen Baby Driver, but... Oh. Oh. That movie. Yeah. yeah. Probably one of the funnest movies you'll ever watch. So good. Fair enough. I'll check it out. I, it is... I saw that... It's like one of those movies where I went and watched it, and I was like, after that, you want to just go drive as fast as you possibly can. Jack G. Jack G. in 67 says, Anyone seen Train Spotting? Yeah, I love Train Spotting. It's a good movie. It's been a while since I've watched it. I have not seen the sequel. I also have not seen the sequel, but I enjoyed the original a lot. Joe Dudit enjoyed Ready Player One. First of all, it's good to see you in chat, Joe Dudit. And, uh,. I want to see Ready Player One, but I think I might wait. I saw it, I think, three times now. And the really? book, Ready Player One, is my favorite book of all time. Huh. The book is amazing. The movie is different than the book, but I think it really still captures the spirit of the book very well. Okay. Like, it, like it's very distinctly different. But I'm glad they, they made it more modernized to appeal huh. to people that aren't, like, just into 80s culture and stuff like that. Like, it's, it's a very, very good updated version of the book and the book is not old yeah. by any stretch of the imagination but the right. movie's a very good blockbuster movie that takes the essence of the book okay and makes it into a movie okay in fact i think they actually improved on a lot of things from the book okay uh diabic asks if i've seen shutter island i have and i enjoy it that ending still confuses me uh it's such like a huge part of the movie. I don't think I don't, yeah, know I don't think spoil we it in chat. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Go no, check out. Uh, I was thinking about it. Um, Somebody asked earlier. Oh, uh, 
because I don't want it to get lost. They asked yeah. if uh, if we thought Bethesda Game Studios was going to release anything at E3 and whether or not we were going to see new Elder Scrolls announcements or anything like that at E3. Uh, you you, you want to take that one, Justin? We literally couldn't tell you if we knew anything or not. So I can talk because uh, I'm I'm not in this I'm not in this NDA land as I'm not I, I can talk and the answer to what my hypothesis from like you know that scene from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia where Charlie's got the room yeah like the... it's one of the funniest shows of all time by the way oh, it really it's always is sunny. yeah <laughs> R- rickety cricket <laughs> yeah no shit that guy's descent <laughs> that guy's descent is the stuff of legend uh <laughs> But I do really think I don't know if they'll announce any legend stuff. I don't think they will at E three. But I'm really hoping this year they announce Elder Scrolls Six. They've said like over the past couple of years that they, they aren't even working on it. But there's no way in hell that I believe that that dev team at Bethesda has not been working on an Elder Scrolls game. Like there's no way. Like I just really don't believe it. Like I and here's the thing. So, because this is entirely uh, speculative, and I know nothing about Elder Scrolls Six, and they wouldn't tell me even under NDA because they're super like that. But uh, yeah. I, I think that it is legitimately possible that they aren't working on it because, in the past, they have said like the things that we want to do for this new game, like the technology doesn't exist to allow us to yeah. do it yet. And so I think that when they say they're not working on Elder Scrolls Six, I think that that means they're not working actively on the game, but they're probably working on the platform to build it on. That's my suspicion, right? Like, it would not shock me if they were building some new game engine from scratch or something to do something new or wild. And then once that's fin- finished, then they'll get started. Like, that would I'll not... Probably, knowing them, probably. that would not shock me. If that's the case, then, I mean, that would mean I think they're indirectly working on the game, though. Like doing something yeah but like i I cannot believe that they're doing nothing on it like in my mind like there's like they've been putting out what i think their most recent game was about wolfenstein i don't know Hmm. (laughs) i don't want want to touch this topic uh oh shunara has uh said my favorite movie right now is mr nobody i love mr nobody that's jared leto right like i think that movie is legit as fuck and i love it is that one like you put on like like a hundred pounds? No, it's like old man costume. I've never seen that movie. It's really good. Hmm. Um They need to port Skyrim to five new platform servers. The Dreamcast? Listen. That is true. Listen. Listen. They'll stop putting Skyrim on new stuff when people stop buying it. True. <laughs> Sky- Skyrim's a great fucking game. Like I don't fault him at all for putting it on different platforms. I didn't really like Skyrim a whole ton. Also, um, he, I enjoy here's the it, other but thing. I like Oblivion way more. Here, here. Well, but here's the thing, right? Like, I can for as much shit as they catch about putting Skyrim on everything, to me, it's really exciting because that's them in my mind planning for the future. They're basically mm-hmm. saying like we've been able to take one game and put it on all these platforms. So now the expectation is. When they it's release bad. more games in the future, it'll be wildly accessible to everybody, right? Like, this mm-hmm. is them using a tried-and-true thing as their guinea pig, and then they can do that going forward. I actually think that that's 
you know, I know that people say like we're tired of getting Skyrim or whatever, but I think it's really cool when you talk about the future planning aspects and what that means for, you know, widening your audience and making it accessible and, um, I don't know, maybe that's like the business nerd in me, but I think that part's pretty cool. Hmm. I, 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 I agree, one hundred percent. It's an interesting view of it. Hey, what's our, up, Arkham Warlock? It's good to have it's you here. Arco. I love the shit you do. I love it. He does. He does the shit stuff. Yes. He does. No, actually, I make the shit stuff. He does the good shit. <laughs> hmm. Yes. <laughs> that is the thing. It does the stuffs. It is a thing. Tesla so takes I... over a 32-bit at launch to save on unnecessary production costs. I, I have a movie con confession. My favorite film. I, it's not the best movie I've ever seen, but my favorite movie of all time is The Beach. What is that? It's a Leonardo DiCaprio film. Yeah. It is... Don't ask me why I even know this. <laughs> I own it on VHS, on DVD. Like, I, I I own the CD soundtrack. Like, I just fucking love that movie. It came out at this moment in my life where I needed to see it, and it stuck with me over the years. And it's also one of the few things, like, that I enjoyed when I was using that I still enjoy as much sober. It's like Danny Boyle movie. Huh. Yeah, it's fucking legit. It's written by Alex Garland. It's based on a book written by Alex Garland, who's now a big director of his own in his own right, and uh, it's just amazing. I recommend that to everybody. Every time I type in the beach, I'm trying to get images of the movie. It's yeah, just yeah, giving me pictures of more beaches. My kind of picture. Interesting. It's a. I mean, it's my favorite film ever. I think my favorite film of all time. Probably, it's a toss-up between Goodwill Hunting, La La Land, and I don't know. I'm probably like Baby Driver. Like, I really love all of those movies. I can watch them. Guardians of the Galaxy is very high up there for me. Like, if I were to swap something out, I'd probably say it'd be in between Baby Driver and Guardians of the Galaxy. And for very similar reasons as to why I enjoy them. Did you like the second Guardians of the Galaxy? I loved it. I thought it was awesome, but like, it was very hard for me to top the. First. I don't. I don't. I don't. Even, I think they're both equally good. But like that first one, I saw like ten times in theaters. I loved the first one. Like that. Like Guardians of the Galaxy one was like a staple of like my high school senior. I think. I think it came out when I was like a senior. Like, dude. <laughs> That movie was just like. So what's up? Yeah. Uh, Kaniac says Weekend at Bernie's came out at an important time for me. I remember watch, week, watching Weekend at Bernie's uh, in like junior high, and uh, I, I have to admit I found that movie hilarious. But I've never I haven't seen it since. But I love that there's a sequel to a movie about a guy who died in the first ten minutes of the first movie. Like that that cracks my shit up. I don't know if you guys have seen Weekend at Bernie's. I can't, in good faith, recommend it, but it's, I, it, I enjoyed it. I'm still under Mad Max Fury Road impression, dude. That movie was awesome. I haven't I seen that yet. You haven't seen Fury Road? No. Huh? <gasps> dude, Fury Road is like one of the coolest ways I've ever seen effects done, like, ever. Okay. Like, okay. It's so awesome. The, the 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 thing where the cars go boom and then like the tornado and the 
sand so, hurricane. So Justin, what you're hearing is a young person describe what it was like when practical effects were used instead of CG. Yeah, I, I get that. I do. Yeah. Yeah. I love it when good practical effects are done really well. Like if you could have everything used practically. I that's part of should. the reason. That's part of the reason 2001 still looks so goddamn great. Listen, I I because fault, they were done well. You can say what you want uh, wholeheartedly about how bad Kingdom of the Crystal Skull was as an Indiana Jones film. Yeah, it's a because, dumpster film. Because it was. But yeah. I'm gonna be entirely honest. That that film gets a million times better if it was a whole lot less CG and a whole lot more of what the original films were, which were good quality stunts and practical effects. Like. Yeah, the, the, the part I can't get over with that movie is that, like, when the scenes where, like, Harrison Jones is running, like, you can tell that he's 900 Harrison years old. Jones. Or that when it's a stunt double riding the motorcycle. Ford, yeah. That, that was not <laughs> Oh, my God. That's, you just made a Hearthstone reference. No big deal. Oh, my God. But, but no, I, I know what you mean. Like, there's a sequence, too, where, like, it's supposed to be him riding on a motorcycle, and it's very clearly a stunt guy wearing, like, a white wig, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Harrison Jones, my ass, dude. I'm sorry, guys. Uh, Justin's up way past his bedtime in his defense. It's yeah. not Harrison Ford. Yeah, my bad, dude. Oh, that was just no, no. That was just funny. I was like, it gave me a double take, and I was like, is that what the character's named? Is that what the actor's but, named? Yeah, like I just, I just want to say, like, you know, for the original Indiana Ford movies, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Um. Like, they're not any more ridiculous or any less ridiculous than Kingdom of the Crystal Skull was in terms of story. Like, I know, no, they like, they weren't, but you you buy them because of, like, the good quality practical effen- uh, effects and, like, the immersion. And all of that went out the window when I was watching just a green screen fest and, like, bad stunt doubles. And, like, it was all quality of production that I think really ruined that. I remember watching King of the Crystal Skull when I was younger, and I, I really enjoyed it, but when I look back and watch it again, like I watched it a couple of years ago, and I was like, eh. Like, it's like, I don't know. I, I do agree, like, it doesn't have the same, like, feeling to it. Wow, Weekend at Bernie's came out 30 years ago. Oh my god, I'm old. I don't even Fuck. know what that movie is. Fuck, dude. Here's the description. Here. It's an that 18... movie's like 10 years older than me. It's an 1989 American comedy film. The film stars Andrew McCarthy and Jonathan Silverman, big names, obviously, as young insurance corporate employ- corporation employees who discover their boss, Bernie, dead. They then throw a party at his house. <laughs> and the entire, pre- the, the entire premise of the movie is that they, like, so, yeah. prop up his corpse and make him act like he's, like, there and participating. Yeah. Like, I'm not even also, joking. Yeah. Also, Weekend at Bernie's 2 is the thing. <laughs> yeah. And it has basically the same premise, except I think that it turns out Bernie's alive in the second one. He comes. No, oh, that's right. They bring him to a witch doctor. They bring Bernie's corpse to a witch doctor, and the witch doctor brings it back to life. No, this cannot be real. Welcome no, to the been. 80s, man. Yeah. Yeah. That's the sequel, bro. That one came out in 93. <laughs> oh, no. Why is their boss named Bernie? Oh, I don't know, man. <laughs> we, we, we're, we're not the people that named their child. Yeah. Hey, it's not my child. 
<laughs> Malibu virus. Oh, normal sequel stuff. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And the third one turns out that. Uh... Oh man, I was gonna make a joke. Is there a third one? No, there's no third one. <laughs> oh my god, I was like, be like, there's no way. You can tell that the director of the sequel is a hugely successful filmmaker because he he actually when you click on his name on Wikipedia, it doesn't go anywhere. The dude doesn't have an article. <laughs> does he, does, did he direct the original too? No, Big. Ted Ted Kotcheff uh-huh. directed the original. And he also made Fun with Dick and Jane. Uh, it's a Jim Carrey film, right? No, this is a 1977 film with George oh, Siegel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jane, Sorry. Jane Fonda. I'm thinking of uh, the other one, yeah. <laughs> Dumb and Dumber. It looks like his career kind of died with Weekend at Bernie's, actually. Just like Bernie. <laughs> wow. He directed some episodes of Law and Order in the 90s. <laughs> Jeez, that's a way to go down. Yeah. Big Fish and Magnolia among my favorite films. I didn't see Magnolia, but Big Fish is a classic that I, I, like, I love watching. I like like, it's not one of those movies that I ever go... Like, I'm never someone in my mind as, like, one of my favorite movies. But, like, whenever I go and watch it, I just cry. It's such a good movie. <laughs> What do we think of the new Jim Carrey? Like Jim Carrey the painter? Um, Jim Carrey the philosopher? Yeah, Jim Jim Carrey the Jim Carrey? I think I've always thought Jim Carrey's is Jim Carrey's. Jim Carrey's just fucking nuts. Like yeah. mentally not there, but I kind of like some of his movies. Uh, I, I guess I haven't paid that much attention to be able to say. I, he, I, I know he's painting, but like I don't. He went into like exile, like pulled a Dave Chappelle, came back with this glorious beard and decided to be like this new age philosopher where he'd just try to punk people basically it was really weird not a time for punking people it was really <laughs> it was really weird and then he's just like people be like hey you're gonna do movies he's like what even is a movie man like pulled like a shia labeouf i was just thinking of shia labeouf when you said that <laughs> yeah except like he pulled it off to make you think like wow this isn't a stunt gentleman jim carrey <laughs> New card skins confirmed. I mean, that was something Hand of the Gods tried to do. They're like, hey, you can get skins for your cards. And I'm like, yeah. I mean, in my opinion, I think that makes sense in that game, though, because you're working with a board. <laughs> oh, I so we I thought I knew where we were going, but I was wrong. <laughs> no, 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 no. Like, this is legitimate because, <laughs> like, when I think about a good quality game, so not Hand of the Gods, uh, but like when Shardbound was in development, <laughs> there we go. you know. I I could have seen like them going with like hey we'll do some alternate art or things like that like I think yeah. I think that it it makes sense as a business move but the problem though is that they they made them too wild of a departure so like it wasn't like cuz imagine like a new player right like it's not yeah. like I see Zeus and then there's like Zeus but in the black costume right it's like Zeus or this dude who's a DJ like it's it's like League of Legends <laughs> level skins, you know? Yeah. So you could be like, all I kept thinking of is like, if this game ever really takes off and people are like actually watching tournaments, people are going to be like, well, I thought this was about like Norse gods fighting Greek gods. So like, why is the DJ killing the astronaut? And what does this have to do with Cthulhu? Like that's where it was going to go. But that's thankfully fair. then the game just died. Yeah. Rip Hand of the Gods. 2018 to, or not even 2018, 2017 to 2017. One of the worst games I've ever played. I didn't think it was horrible. It's just they got bad wick once they started making it 
doing nothing and making everything expensive and just nerfing shit for the sake of nerfing it. That was the epitome of, like, some people complain about, like, Direwolf and Bethesda listening to the masses for nerfs. They literally went to Reddit for Hand of the Gods. They went to the Hand of the Gods Reddit and go, take a poll on see what you want nerfed in the next coming patch. They did that, like, twice. I was like, yeah. This is how you balance things? This is how you balance it? You just ask the masses? What what do you not like? Like, we'll just get rid of it. Reddit, please. Please. Well, we need to hear your like, voice. That doesn't seem like a great plan, but it's also not terribly surprising given that it's the same people who came up with that game in the first place. Yeah. What I want to see is another Final Fantasy Tactics, and if they just made that online. Oh my god, right? That would be like the greatest thing of all time. Or give me like uh, Final Fantasy, like a better card game. I know that they have a card game right now, but give me like a better Final Fantasy IP card game. I'm all in. Dude, I'm a. That'd be amazing. I would just be. Are you, uh, Griffin, are you in the uh, MTG Arena closed beta? I got in, yes. I tried it. After seven years. I got in. I, I tried it. I, I haven't installed it. I just recently <laughs> tried it, and uh, the only thing playable is Scarab God Control or Mono Red. Yeah, it's pretty boring. Yeah, it is incredibly boring. It's, it's pretty bad. Yeah, they need to have all of the cards. Ah, oh, dude, I'm. I had a. I I hate to digress so much, but I I had one unopened pack in Legends, and I had the client open, so I was like, oh fuck, it, I'm opening this pack. I just opened my first like legitimate like not crap pack not god pack but pretty good I'm gonna post it, it to reddit <laughs> yeah well it's, it's three epics no wait four epics a rare and a legendary i say I it every time it comes up but i'm legitimately I'm, I'm, I'm legitimately not joking i have never opened a pack i've been playing since closed beta i've never opened a pack that had more than one legend in it like <laughs> i've never even gotten two so Me you either. you bet your yeah, ass. The day. Yeah, no, you I'm, bet your I'm ass. Hard. I ever open one that even has two legends in it. It's going on Reddit. You wait. There will be a party. I will like Photoshop me dancing special. or some bullshit. Like there's gonna be something going on because I have never had it happen. Zombie Hunter nine by nineteen. Where do you live, bro? <laughs> Let's have some coffee. Come to a convention and then convince somebody to pay for us to join you. <laughs> Here's the thing, though, Zombie. You may or may not know this. If you have coffee with me, it's also going to be with a random stranger. That has been my experience 100% of the time having coffee with Trevor. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be right back, guys. I gotta go to the bathroom. Yeah, that is factually accurate. Throat <laughs> dryness. Feels like I just swallowed a pack of dry. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, I mean... I don't know. I, I, I'm fine with it. I'm fine with it. I'm, they're, they're words. I pulled a couple decent packs in my in my day. Played the card game in packs. Yeah, Ian and I actually played the, the Final Fantasy card game while we were there. Yeah, actually, cool. true story. Like, you can't make this shit up, right? I've opened uh, two packs in Hand of the Gods where I got double legends, and those were supposed to be, like, <laughs> crazy rare in that. Yeah, like, I, I, don't, I never pulled one. And I've never done it in Legends. I don't think I ever pulled a single legendary when I played Hand of the Gods. Yeah. I think I pulled like two epics. Yeah, because the very first time it happened, like I opened one and I got two legends. So I, I think I asked PDMD at the time because uh, I was, he was one of the few people I knew played, right? So I was just like, hey man, I got a pack with two legends. Like, 
does that happen a lot with this game? And he was like, dude, no, as far as I know, not. So I was like super excited. And then it happened again like a week later. So I sent him another message. I was like, were you just pulling my chain? And he was like, no. Hmm. I mean, yeah, my, my luck with Tesla packs is all right. My hand, luck with Hand of the Gods packs was non-existent. And I don't even get to open up packs in MTG Arena, so it doesn't even matter. Yeah, I've, I've also not opened any packs in MTG Arena. It's so hard to get back. Well, I mean, it's because you need to download the game. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Look, if I wanted to play an um, online version of Magic, like, I would play Eternal because it's better. <laughs> yeah, I think that's more suited for a digital. Like, Magic the Gathering, it's, like, it's just, like, I, it's not supposed to be an online card game. It's too convoluted. Like, there's too much going on. There's so much... Yeah, it's got to be physical. And MTG Arena, I, I get the idea behind it, but like, who's gonna play it? Like when it comes I mean, out. like you'd think it would be the three of us, right? But like, we all for very for different, or or maybe even the same reasons are not in. You know. Yeah, I mean, it's just like. Yeah, I don't. I play that when I can just play physical magic. I'm 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 100 yeah. serious when I say I don't know who their target audience is for that. Yeah, I don't, I don't know who it is either because like hard diehard magic players are just going to be playing physical magic. Yeah. Non diehard magic players are not going to play that because they can play other online card games or just play magic. Your casual group isn't casual likely going to like it. What's going to be going on? Yeah, well, right. and because you're not going to be able to play like what I call kitchen table magic really either yeah. with it, right? So. Yeah, it's just I don't know. Yeah, I don't, I don't understand. Dude, I, I really just. Hyped with the announcement of it a while back and then now that i'm seeing it in practice i'm like man why was i why did i think this would be a good idea how did they think yeah. this was gonna be a good idea i've had a few people uh, tell me in private messages that they thought i was insane when i said very early on that i'm probably just gonna outright pass and i wasn't excited because well, I mean, I i'm excited it. for every card game but Same. like i'm just not excited for this because i've already played this card game and this is going to be a worse version of this card game in my opinion so i don't know i i the one card game that like some people are just like that is dumb to be excited for there's no way you can know it's just valve is artifact like hot damn dude i am hyped for that game are you really oh yeah i'm super hyped i'm super it. excited and i i lurk on their subreddit pretty often Same. but that is it's like toxic a, shit. that's yeah that's that's something else i don't man. know how it could be so toxic considering the game isn't even out yet but i i actually know exactly how it can successful. be so i know how it can be so toxic so you have to remember that the, the primary people that are going to be there are either people like us that are excited but likely patiently waiting because we're used to card games and we know the score or the people who see that it's related to Dota, so they're coming over MOBA from a MOBA, and if you guys have never experienced a MOBA community, oh. uh, basically... Uh, Hand of the Storm, Hand of, uh, Hand Heroes of the Storm game community is pretty cool. Uh, I am the reason but... that, that MOBA games have bad communities. I am one that feeds into that. Yeah, really? like... Yeah, dude. It's not... Yeah, I'm always really dude. supportive in Heroes of the Storm and like tell my team good job and stuff. And well, like, yeah, you are, but like, here's the thing, no, Dustin. Dude, League of Legends is like the most tilting thing for me. Like, I am never, I'm, I'm a pretty like, I'm, I'd say I'm pretty chill, but like, 
like things that like certain things make me mad and everything that makes me mad is just bundled up in league of legends in one game in one environment and like it's the worst there's a reason it brings out the worst <laughs> in me i say shit that i don't think any human has ever concocted <laughs> with their mouth before or typed out on the internet and i am somehow never been banned yeah but there's a reason for that so it's the in my opinion it's the same reason why overwatch has this problem Anytime that you have a team-oriented game that you're likely spending the majority of your time either solo queuing or even if it's like with a friend for duos or something, you're going to have scenarios that are beyond your control and that it's going to be much, much easier to focus on the what? faults of others than it is like your own shit, right? So yeah. you naturally just like outwardly project. Like it's, and I'm not saying like you, I just mean like it's human nature that this happens. And so... When you have that, that that feeds its way into the community and people will go post and there's, you know, the classic like, you know, I'm in bronze three and I can never get out and it's always my teammates faults and so on and so forth. Um, and and that's just like that's MOBAs, that's uh, Overwatch and other games like that. And so when you take that community and like I said, there's there's the people that are used to that and they come over to that like artifact Reddit um they're already like pretty like used to negativity but then also uh the fact that this game is going to be uh pay to play right there's a barrier of entry that's monetary yeah. we don't know how much that's the other part that kills me there's a lot of complaints about how expensive this game's going to be even though we've not like it could be like 10 cents a pack right we've been given nothing but anyway the game's going to be like super expensive and you need to be bill gates to play according to the reddit um but the fact that it's pay to play at all when the base game of Dota has always historically been free is another sore spot. And so, yeah, like if you if you haven't been to the Artifact Reddit as of yet, it's a wild ride. So it's I too like to live life on the edge. Um, D. Abic wants to know what our favorite picks are from the new Morrowind cards. What are some of your guys' favorite cards? And of Dagoth, Odinoran, 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 Odinoran. Yeah, the Necromancer has been real interesting. I've, I've enjoyed playing around with that. I don't have them. I just like it. Like, I just, I wish I had them 100%. But, like, that's one card I'm, it's on my craft list. Yeah. Um, the hand I, of the uh, is busted. I, I updated the Shrine and Nemira Warrior deck with um, the new legendary vampire that gives you blood magic spells. And oh, yeah, the, yeah, the Monday Clan Sorcerer. Yeah, and with the Necromancer. And I had a pretty successful run with that deck. Uh, that was a lot of fun. Halalu Sharpshooter pulled back from with a Necromancer will trigger the plot and uh, was a really powerful play. Yeah. Interesting. I like that. that is an interesting thing. Um, other, yeah. I was gonna say I Shinar hits the on the head for me the Telvas Magister. I was excited when I saw it. Um, it's been as good as I expected it to be in practice, and I want to play it in every deck that I'm allowed to. Hmm. Like it's the a five four body with ward um, is massive. Like when you think about how important High King Emmerich was for a long time. Granted, it's got an amazing summon as well, right? But the fact that High King Emmerich used to be six for a five five with ward, and the Magister yeah. gives you you know six for a five four with ward. It's a massive yeah. body. It's resilient, and then it gives my face ward. There's so much utility in that because not only yeah. does it really help me as a control player. But even in like a mid-range like racing scenario, 
you set up scenarios that favor you. It, it's it's kind of reminds me of like a more expensive harpy in some cases. Like you're you're negating an attack even if it is just one damage. Like sometimes that matters. It, it messes with the the order that people want to attack you and the way they need to engage things. Like I just really like the card. Uh, I want to give a quick shout out to uh, Jelly and Warrior Seven who joined us in chat. Mm -hmm. um, I really enjoy. What else? Okay, what do I really enjoy? Take a look through here. It's tough to say. I've had a lot of fun with a lot of these. I, I do have a new appreciation for Scar Drillmaster as an unplayable but very powerful mid-range card. Um, I think that Genius Path Mage is a lot of fun to play around. <clears throat> I like the Barrels Arts Tinkering. I think that's probably one of my funnest cards as well. It's an interesting one. Uh, I actually think Prison Ship is better than the hot garbage it looks like. Um, it's unplayable because of its poor the way it poorly lines up with certain cards that are pretty ubiquitous, but I have had a lot of fun playing with that card. My my fix for that card is just make it a support, not a creature. Yeah, I could see that working. Um, what else have I been enjoying? Like, honestly, there's so many cards. I found uh, Awakened Dreamer to be a lot of fun. I mean, you know, once it gets to five power on its own, it triggers on its own, and uh, done some pretty cool stuff with that in Arena. Uh, I like Burn Clan Night Stalker. Oh, I don't know, man. So many cards. I I do like the new Skeleton Tribal stuff. Not that I, I think it. Too. Yeah, I don't. I don't know that it's like. It's well, it's definitely not tier one, but I like suddenly making that race relevant. I think that's pretty cool. I think it's like tier three. Yeah, I mean, it's something you, it's something you could bring on the ladder, and if you're a good player and you've got a lot of experience with the deck, could have a reasonable win rate with. Yeah, indeed. Hit legend with it, yeah. Mudcrab merchant's fun. Oh, oh, mudcrab merchant. Oh, all right, all right, all right. We need it. We need the consensus. You guys think it's a not just like a fun card, you guys think it's a good card or a bad card? Uh, I had success with it in a mid range crusader build. I think it's pretty good. I think it's pretty powerful. Uh, and I think it's above average. Yeah, I, I found that when I was running it as a one drop in my mid range crusader. It gave me a decent sized body that I felt totally fine with um, either being the target of a rally if I drew it later or uh, equipping with like a gavel or a steel scimitar early. Like it can become a three five turn two with a scimitar or whatever, right? Like it's it's yeah. a reasonable enough size. But then the fact that I got card choice usually meant that uh, in mid-range I was closing out games before the card that I gave to my opponent ever mattered. It's all, like in all the games I've played in that deck, it's only backfired on me one time so far. And it was in the, the card that backfired on me was a fire pot spider. So it's not like I gave them something amazing. <laughs> it was just literally the one like tool they needed randomly. Um, yeah. But it's it's performed really well for me in the, li in the limited scope. Like it's just been the one deck I was testing the waters, but I was not disappointed with it. I am a big fan of the crab. I I do think I have to I have to give credit to Lich's Ascension in the in this like look I think it's a terrible card but I've never spent more time trying to break a card than I have spent with Lich's Ascension uh, and I kind of wonder if that card is not there just for the just for the the Johnnies you know because like I, I feel like as far as the gamer psychographic things go like I feel like that's kind of where I fall um, with a little. Look, no spike. A lot of Jimmy and Timmy, let's, or Johnny and Timmy, let's put it like that. And I found Lich's Ascension to be a really compelling card to fuck around with. Hmm. 
The three is there are there four like categories of players? It's, it's Johnny, Timmy, and Spike, and then there's one more. Well, there, I was gonna say there's technically like two more, but they're subcategories if I remember right. Like they expanded on it in an article years later, but I never remember those. I just yeah. know, man. I mean, do you ever watch it? Yeah. There's this guy I used to watch. He, he it's like Alpha. Do you ever know who I watched that Alpha Investments guy? No. Oh wait, yeah, the Magic the Gathering thing. Yeah, Magic Gathering guy. Yeah, yeah I loved it. his videos. Yeah. But like, oh, man, he just fucking shits on Timmy's. Like, <laughs> like it's like one of the greatest things. It's just like turn the name Timmy in my mind into just like as soon as I hear that, I'm just like, man, that's like some ten year old kid that just knows nothing about card games but is playing card games. Malibu Barbus says Vorthos and Mel. Those were the two that I was trying to think of. That's Vorthos like an awful way to look at it, right? Like. Timmy's are ten-year-olds. Like, get the fuck out of here. No, I know. This, this is how I think of it now, though. Yeah. No, I'm not saying that to you. I'm saying that to that dude. Yeah. He's just like, he'll be like, "Well, this card has this evaluation." And yeah, Rudy. Rudy is his name. This is Rudy here. Oh. But like, he'll be like, "Don't be a Timmy. Timmy's are bad. Timmy's will buy this card because they think it's good. But don't be a Timmy because it's bad." I'd be like. I, I, think be the, Timmy. I think the underlying flaw in his assumption here is that like people who want to play these cards think they're good. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, I, I mean that is the I, that is the flaw. I know damn well that most of the time the decks I want to play the most are not competitive. Listen, I'm totally totally fine with that. Like, we, people play a game for different reasons. I I don't I don't want to help this guy's argument, but. The counter is, I remember being 10 years old and playing Magic and being, like, really excited every time I got to play Craw Worm, so. Yeah. I, was... I remember what Craw Worm did, like, 6-4. <laughs> it's, it's vanilla 6-4, but I, I was yeah. really excited. I remember, like, when my uh, dad went to E3 a long time ago, uh, he was doing some work there, and he ended up getting, like, a couple Magic decks, and one of them was, like, a Vizardrix blue deck. And another, like, that was, like, the big card in the deck. Because they were, like, it was back when MTGO was trying to do a bunch of advertisements for, like, a UI overhaul they had. And uh, they were giving out, like, these decks. And I remember it was, like, Ravenous Baeloth or something, like, Rampaging Baeloth. And it was, like, a 7, it was, like, a 7-7 seven, seven for 6 or something like that. Or seven seven for seven. I remember. I remember playing that. I was like, "Oh my god, this is like the most busted thing ever." And I don't know. I kind of wish like there was that time where you could like go back with card games. For at least for me, back to like when I didn't try to think of like, "Wow, what is the best thing I can get out of this? What can I get out of this?" Like just sit there and enjoy the game. I'll be honest. I'm. I've never been an advocate for sideboards in Legends. I've been kind of open about that. But part of me misses playing in tournaments where you had sideboards. Because my favorite thing in the world to do is I always included one card so that when people looked at my deck lists, they would say, like, what is going on? Always, like, my sideboard was basically 14 cards forever in my tournament career because I had dedicated one card to shenanigans. Usually, <laughs> so my go-to in any format, I was allowed to include it. Even if I wasn't running the, the colors to support it, I included one Might of Oaks and I always ran the one with the giant squirrel in the arc. It's good times. Hmm. What are sideboards? Sideboards are in uh, basically, I, I associate them with Magic. I don't know if they're in other games, but like basically in tournaments, you you bring one deck typically and then a 15 card sideboard 
and in between each game you can swap out one for one any quantity of cards from your sideboard in your main deck so you can take 15 cards out of your main deck put in your whole sideboard you got five cards put in five cards from your sideboard one card from your sideboard one from your yeah. main deck and just basically change your deck to fit whatever you're up against so that you don't just lose to certain decks yeah basically like instead of so like in legends if you think about a tournament we might bring like three different decks yeah. So instead with sideboards, you bring one deck and then a smaller pool of cards that you can swap in or out. So like you just get one deck, but then you can like tune it one way or the other. So like traditionally in Magic, you might put in cards that are just really good against specific matchups that you might expect to see. And then you would swap them in and out. Like I, uh, you know, used to run like Tooth and Nail and then my sideboard would just be a bunch of like toolbox cards that I would want to find with Tooth and Nail, for example. But if you don't know what tooth and nail is or any of that is, then that sounds like yeah. foreign language to you, I guess. So my apologies. But yeah, like it's like the example that Dragon Tamer Blade gives is a good one, like Memory Wraith. Like that's a card that you would put in, say, your sideboard that you wouldn't necessarily want to run your main deck because it's not really going to be useful outside of just being a five-five for five. But it might have particularly great matchups, like something that wants to abuse right. discard pile usage, and you would side that in to go to have that extra oomph against that deck. Yeah. Yeah. Good times. Indeed. If I get another stolen pants in the pack, I'm gonna scream. Seems like every other epic I get is that damn card. Well, I mean, I would hope so, everybody's wearing pants. I guess I, I guess I know where my yeah. pants went. That's fair. Yeah. Having well, gotten up, having gotten up twice in the middle of the show this time, I'm glad I decided to wear pants before I started. Have you not worn pants in some shows? Absolutely not. <laughs> so, isn't you have not worn pants? Yeah, I've not been wearing pants in a lot of these shows. <laughs> I mean, why would you? Yeah. A lot of my videos, I'm not wearing pants. No, I have pants on right now, guys. Yeah, we know, because you stood up. You walked I'm away. Fucking, I'm wearing dress pants, but... but... Yeah. <laughs> I want to stand up. I mean, I I wear pants, but that's because I'm, I'm like, like I live in a house with small I'm children, wearing, so. I'm wearing the jean pants. The the pants of the jean variety. Can I just say that Ian Bits and Chad has been consistently Ian Bits and Dragon Tamer Blade have been consistently posting hilarious fucking shit this entire time, and I've been enjoying every okay. minute of it. Yeah, this whole show it's been awesome. That we were all not wearing pants. If that was the whole idea. I mean, maybe. I didn't get the memo. Should I not be wearing pants? I'm sure Charmer has something smart to say. <laughs> <laughs> I realized that, like, right after I said, I'm like, what have I walked myself into? Yeah. You walked yourself into a pants off dance off. Oh, fuck. So, we got a question. Do you think that uh, the new Morgtong, Aspirant, uh, Assassin, and Nightblade would make heavy slay decks more viable and less meme -y? No. Yeah, I don't... I don't think that... So, here's the problem with slay, like, as a mechanic in terms of, like, viability. If slay by itself is your focus, um, what you're doing is you're attacking your opponent's creatures and not them. And eventually yeah. in games... 
you need to attack them to win. So you're either, uh, since you're not attacking them, you're either playing a control sleigh-based deck, in which case you're now playing cards, hoping that your stuff survives and keeps its sleigh and can interact with your opponent. Like, it's becoming a very slowly reactive control deck, which isn't very good. Or you're not playing control, in which case you're going face, and there's a lot better things than sleigh for going face. So sleigh, like, as a focused archetype, I don't think is ever going to be, like, by itself viable, but that's not to say that there are some pretty good cards with Slay, and those cards standalone are, are good and valuable because they generate value, but, it, like, as a, like, I'm going to build a Slay deck, I don't think that that will ever be, like, a, like, you can win with it. Look, like, anything's, like, viable, I'll put air quotes up, but it's not going to be, like, hey, a Slay deck is dominating the tournament. Plus, I just don't think Morig Tong Aspirin is as good as we anticipated. Yeah. Lines up poorly against uh, Mud Crab Merchant. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the effect, too, is essentially Slay draw card. It's just a weaker version. Not weaker, but like... I don't know. It's like the effect of getting a zero-cost action is almost never going to happen. Unless you build around it. Yeah. Hmm. 48, 48, Odeving. What? My man. <laughs> See, the biggest problem with the Aspirant as a one-drop is that it doesn't kill a merchant. That's why yeah. merchant is OP. Yeah. And Betty Netch <laughs> is better? Well, I mean... Maybe. As soon as I get that emote put in, it's right. been put in, but it's just like they turned it down because I submitted it without transparent background. Oh. Seven years. It was actually made by Fua, and it's it's actually like a really dope emote. It's like a golden Betty Netch. It's pretty. It's pretty dope. I'm hyped to finally have an emote again. Whenever I get it. Did I ever see your OTK Betty Netch deck? No. What? what? Yeah, Ian is like, did you see? Oh, I, I, I saw Ian do that. Yeah, that was fucking legit. That was pretty sweet. What if I... I have a... Alright, so... We should probably do like a last call for questions. Since Justin is going to fall asleep any minute now. I've been watching him slowly slink in that chair. <laughs> I checked out like five minutes ago, guys. <laughs> I know. That's why I'm putting oh it in God, now. It's 12.30. Yeah. Oh, did you just get wrecked, Ian? <laughs> Absolutely shit, hon. <laughs> Fuck you three times in a row. <laughs> <laughs> You're fucking bot, dude. Yeah, my What's my go-to late-night fast food? I like how your bot immediately after that is like you can subscribe to his channel. <laughs> 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 yeah, you can't talk in my channel, but you can subscribe. Uh, hold on, somebody said something. I want. What's our go-to late-night fast food? Uh, I like to eat... Uh, I don't really like fast food, I guess. That's my answer. I well, like to eat, I like to eat cheese at night. 
<laughs> Did you ever watch that like Nickelodeon thing, like the Amanda show? I did not. By the time I was old enough, by the time that show was on the air, watching that would have been a sex offense for me. <laughs> oh my god. How old are you guys? <laughs> I don't know when that show was on, dude. <laughs> <sighs> now, you know, hands down, if I was in California still, it'd be in and out all the way. Or like Del Taco, but like, I'm not. So it's like Taco Bell is my is my live or die. I breathe the cheese and the beef. I I am one with the the locos taco. My blood has been replaced with Baja Blast and the new and the new spiked lemonade. I am become the Taco Bell. Like shit, I, dude, I just, I I kid you not. Like I eat there like four times a week. I give you one week for you to make the change I suggested earlier. And if you don't do it, I'm gonna be much disappointed. I'm gonna do it. What change is that? I'm gonna make my followers sound the Taco Bell. Uh, Charmer and I are vegetarians. Like, what the fuck do we eat at fast food restaurants besides fries and onion rings? And I don't really like fries. I eat a lot of fries. Yeah, I like fries. I mean, I'm not saying I won't eat them. I'm just not really a fan. Yeah. I, I was act, I was actually vegetarian for a while, and then I retasted meat. And I oh like, yeah, meat meat's delicious, man. It's not about that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's it's not because I don't like it. Yeah. Yeah, it's like I remember it, like it being like when I was a wee bab, I didn't understand the that the meat came from animals that I thought were cute, and then uh, my world was shook. And uh, but I actually don't like meat that much. I like a lot of seafood, but like red meat, I, I, don't I love it. Much. It's by far my favorite food. I, I like sushi is hands down my favorite food. There's a lot of great vegetarian sushi options. Yeah, there are. Yeah, I yeah, will, are. I will yeah, tear up some avocado rolls. Like yeah, definitely. There's like the sushi burrito place by one of the campuses that I go to. Oh, dude, sushi burritos. It's the way to go. That's like, that's like marrying. Like two of the greatest things to ever happen to mankind: sushi and burritos. <laughs> I'm reading this post on Reddit that Jelly made about the petition to ban Nixox from tournaments, and the overwhelming I like feeling I get from everybody who's against it on on Reddit, like not everybody against it in general, is that they don't understand what the deck does. And also, I think it's funny that they're not the ones playing in the tournaments. Yeah. That's true. I will say they are the ones watching the tournament, usually. So, like, I understand as, like, a spectator thing, like, watching the Nixox combo go off is not, like... Ooh! I want you to know, Jelly, I support your, your petition. Where is the Reddit post? Uh, On Reddit. It's like halfway, halfway down. The Dude, you should have heard the shit that Charmer gave me at in Boston when he realized that I, <laughs> I, I use, uh, I don't use the Reddit app. I guess he goes to the Reddit website on his mobile phone. Yeah. What? Why does he use the Reddit app? 
Dude, dude, they literally fuck. have something for that. Fuck. <laughs> they literally designed something for that very specific reason. And uh, if you don't even you like don't that one, that. there are third-party ones that are probably better than the official app. Like, yeah, I give him some shit. Yeah. We'll put it that way. He knows my position. Ian Bits writes the Reddit app. It's a really good app. Nah. No, I, I just, I, look, <laughs> I, I, I don't have a good explanation for my cantankerousness. It's just the way it is. Uh, Ian Bits writes, Justin, there, there was a previously hugely updated thread saying people should calm down about it. Then he edited after learning more about the combo saying he changed his mind. It should be never fucking cracked up. Uh, I, gotta, I wish I could see that. It was pretty funny. I thought it was pretty funny. Justin, the type of guy who has to Google Google. That makes sense. Yeah, you know, it is what it is. I don't, I don't need to. You know, you know when I realized that I didn't need to learn anything new about computers? When I was able to hire a secretary. <laughs> That's when I learned that I didn't need to learn anything about computers ever again. <laughs> well, I'm curious if Joey's still here, like, why, why go through the trouble of trying to get a card banned so much stuff? Like I really want to know. Like I, I don't, I don't understand. Like I don't think I've ever seen this level of, even in other games, like, like, like this level of hatred towards like any card. I mean, I remember it, but we already had that skull clamp discussion earlier, so we, we, we that uh, I, I wasn't around for that. Yeah, I, I do know the card, but that was like, I don't know, like. Vichy Leaks wants to know if I smork my girlfriend. Uh, we're getting married in 27 days, and yeah, I smork her. <laughs> to be fair, though, she has to paint him to do it. Like, she's the one who creates the orc to allow him to smork. That is true. It's, she, it's a she mutual does... smorking is what I'm trying to get at. She makes all the, the... She's been responsible for every costume I've ever worn on the channel, except for the DJ Ladies Night thing, which I recorded when she was out of the house. Because she had told me that it was a bad idea. And... <laughs> I went ahead and I recorded it anyway. She actually, like, and then I showed it to her, and she's like, all right, it's okay. But she's kept me from doing some, like, particularly offensive, like, accents and, like, costumes and stuff that I've thought about doing over the last couple of years. So she does a good job of keeping the channel all ages, which I think is important for a game like this. Indeed. Because J-Star refuses to add bands to Nick Sox. Well, hold on, we need quickly on that. J-Star is not refusing to do anything. He actually has consulted everybody that's been working on this, whether we want yeah. to ban it or not. And it has been unanimously that we yeah. don't want to ban it. Full disclosure, so, last week yeah. when he asked, I said no. Yeah, like, same. Like, it's not right. him. I wouldn't. I want to make sure that that's clear, that it's not anything, anybody being obstinate. It has been unanimous that we are yeah. not doing that. We've also consulted people that are in the tournaments. They said they don't want it banned. My opinion has changed since last week, though. Just so we're yeah. clear. <clears throat> and I don't think you removed sixty percent of the decks. It just does not. That's... Yeah, that's that. Uh, that seems silly. That's way too low. <laughs> it removes ninety percent of the decks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't understand. Like, I just feel like the the, the sentiment towards Nick Ox is like, like. Not to offend anybody, but I think it's like a keyboard warrior kind of thing. Like, yeah, more power to banning the card. Like, it's not like the world is going to end if it's in the meta. Like, it's literally not going to end the game or anything. Like, it's just a powerful card. 
Like, it's, it's not like it's literally like, oh, you win the game on turn two because you bought the card. Like, which in Magic the Gathering, in a recent meta, there's turn four consistent OTK combos that cost money to get to. Like, they're not cheap. And I know, yeah, I know the, the comeback is going to be, well, like, that's apples to oranges. They're not comparable. But I'm just saying that, like, they, those are things exist. Nickname wants to know what sports or activities we did as kids. Um, I was in Boy Scouts. And I, I, the, okay. I played soccer. You played soccer? Interesting. Yeah. Hmm. For some reason, you don't strike me as a soccer player. That's because I'm fat now, but I, I used to be smaller. <laughs> a small human. Yeah. I was, no, uh... Like, I, played, I played football, too, but soccer was the one I enjoyed. Boy Scouts... Like T-ball, softball, baseball—you know, like the natural progression. Um, martial arts, and then when I was a teen, I actually was like a assistant instructor for the class for a while. Um, I know for bowling. My 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 local high school actually had a bowling team. My varsity jacket is actually in bowling. Uh, Ian, no, you're 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 uh, misinterpreting. So we thought you were referring to banning of cards, not decks. The the banning of decks yeah. was already uh, decided a long time ago. When the like after I think the first or second qualifier, the consensus was that they weren't going to make any changes to the banning of decks until after the entire qualifying thing was done because they didn't want a scenario where they had basically changed the format halfway through. Yeah. Like, they wanted to have the advertised thing run its course, and then they would take it under advisement. So, that's a, a miscommunication. That's why we were specifically talking about the banning of uh, Nick's Ox, and we were against a card-specific ban when asked a week ago. But the format itself, um, there was... And I think that was even talked about, like, even with the players in the Reddit. The, the consensus was, uh, we knew that players were heavily in favor of it, but... Uh, having one or even multiple qualifiers where there was no bans and allowing people to get qualified and then changing the format of the tournament like halfway through didn't feel correct. So uh, we we know that the players are heavily in favor of bans and it's definitely under uh, advisement, but that was the last that I heard uh, J-Star speak of that. So... <laughs> I, I know I always bring up the argument too for the lineup thing in is like in a competitive environment maybe you shouldn't be able to win with every deck in the game no matter I'm, what type of deck I'm always is. curious like I'm not I'm not like trying to argue one way or the other like whenever I hear the argument made for bands and people saying like well there's certain decks I can't bring without bands and things like that like I legitimately like let's just say uh, somebody's like makes that argument. I want to know what their lineup is if they can't ban a deck, and I want to know if they are now able to ban a deck. Like how wildly different their lineup is. Like I know everyone says, well, it allows me to be more creative, and there's more things I can do, but like how much of a shift are we actually talking about? Because I personally, uh, with my anecdotal experience, I feel like a lot of the people would not alter their lineups nearly as drastically as they think they would. I think they'd probably still bring the same three decks they would have otherwise, and then they bring a fourth, and they like take a banned strategy with them. 
but I, I don't personally feel like, you know, I bring just three mid-range decks, but now that bands are available, I'm bringing, like, Stealer of Secrets and random shit. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. that's just me, but I would, like, I'd be... I would love to hear from somebody who, like, Petamax, who's, like, really innovative, right? Like, I would like to see, you know, what his lineup looks like if he can't ban versus what it looks like if he can, because I feel like that would be an interesting take. And I and I say this wholeheartedly, meaning in a non-Nixox meta, right? Like, just in your standard, like, you know, there's not, like, a clear potential problem child that a lot of people plan on banning. Like, if it's just a normal traditional legends meta right i want to know what it is you feel like you can't bring without bands see this is this is i think another problem too that i have with this whole nix ox thing is like is saying that either plays a ton of nix ox or has never played against it i don't play a ton of it and i have played against it and don't have much problem dealing with it like it's it's like it's like it's like the way that the argument goes for banning is you either need to ban it. I'm not saying it's everybody, but most of the people that say that it should be is like it, you either ban it or you're stupid. Like that's the main argument. Like it's like hey, you either get on board or you're just dumb and you don't understand what you're talking about. I'm like no, I'm I'm fairly familiar with the deck, fairly familiar with what its goals are. It's just I think fundamentally yeah. that it's a deck that fine with existing like that's like one of my big beefs with like like people that are saying it should be banned it's like no i understand it perfectly fine i'm fine with it existing like eh that that bothers me like it's just like the whole way that it's gone about like it's just i think it really personally a bad way of going about dealing with powerful things like the, the idea shouldn't be oh something powerful exists like let's get rid of it it should be let's have let's figure out how to deal with it like i i don't know it's i just think they're two different days of two different ways of going about problems ironically which we talked about with the punisher thing earlier there's the easy way which is banning it right the harder way of figuring out how to do it that's what i'm saying in practice i usually figure that you know figuring out how to deal with something is better Yeah, so, uh, fun show. Good job. <laughs> Griffin, it was great to have you on as a guest. Yeah, uh, thank you for having me. We thank have to have you me. back. We definitely have to have you back. Maybe I'm after... Maybe after the, uh, this championship series, uh, what is it, like, f six weeks from now or something like that, when the last yeah, I... one in the series goes, maybe we can get you on again and, uh, talk about how that went. That'd be awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sweet. Yeah. And this, this is the thing I'm talking about in chat. It's like, same as last time, Griff, you're just wrong about this one. There's no point in continuing the argument. Like, that's the exact opposite of how these things are supposed to work. Like, that's the stance that the banning of Nick Sox has. Like, like it's just it's just such a wrong mentality, I think, ironically, about going about it. There should be open dialogue that's figuring out how to deal with an issue rather than just going, my way's the right way, you're wrong. Mine, it's like... <laughs> It's just like, that's not how things are supposed to work. Sure. Well, I have an open dialogue. So what if you're wrong? What if, what if I'm wrong? That there should be options? <laughs> no, this is me having the open dialogue. See, that's... 
They did that shit on me. My dialogue is, what if you're wrong? That it's just broken beyond repair and that the whole game is unplayable because of it? I mean, I, I can't launch it right now. <laughs> That's because you're playing the game on a fucking Etch-A-Sketch. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> and you're already pumping three video feeds to your OBS. <laughs> Like, you're allowed to believe this is okay and this belongs in the game, but it's not okay and doesn't belong in the game. That's just, like, like, that's just hypocritical. Like, I don't know. It's, like, I think that's just, I don't know. I went 17 and went on number one ladder with the Breeze. Yeah, but, like, you're also one of the best players in the game, Warriors, using one of the best decks. Hold on, like, I, I am not one of the best players, and that's been my experience, too. Like, I just don't lose with it. I would just challenge you to do the same thing that like Charmer and I did when we didn't really have when when we were a couple weeks ago, uh, and just hop on the ladder for a couple hours with it. No, I have used it on ladder, and I think it's a great deck. I mean, it still loses; like it doesn't. I don't. Know. Well, I mean, we can disagree to disagree about what, like what should be done, which is totally fine. Yeah, and I'm I'm okay with that, but I just yeah. don't think it's okay that you know, the community goes well. If you think one way, you're just dumb. Like, like that just seems so wrong. Like it goes, okay. all right. If you if you want to ban it, therefore you're just stupid and you don't understand what's going on, which is literally like what people are saying. Well, I mean, people also say a lot of things about yeah, cards true. that should be nerfed and buffed and. Betty Natch. Dude, people call me people call me dumb all the time. <laughs> yeah, it's like I don't care if I'm called dumb. I just think that it's a it's like that's a, just a, a not the incorrect thing to foster. Like I don't know. Yeah, we should never, for example, use the phrase "scum of the earth" when describing members of the community. Ah. <laughs> uh... Yeah. Yeah. I use it. <laughs> yeah. Except I use it sarcastically. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I know. I rib you because I love you. Yeah. So, yeah. Fun. Mm -hmm. See you all on the ladder. Indeed. Yeah. <laughs>